I watch an unbelievable amount of YouTube. As a matter of fact, it seems to be my primary source of entertainment nowadays. Although I did just re-get the network, so yeah. I have been watching a lot of wrestling. Oh yeah, by the way, this is What Can You Offer? My name is John Cross. I'm sitting here with Alex Royal, who's guzzling out of a gallon jug of purified artesian water that... <clears throat> Hydration. ...still gets flown in even during all this crisis, but... uh. We are joined by a very special guest today. Today, none other than this is an official appearance. You made you made a blurb on a on a previous episode, but today we're sitting down with none other than Wesley Crane. Wesley, what's going on, man? Uh, not much. Keeping uh, keeping my mustache waxed. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> like you watching Cheers. tons of YouTube. <laughs> what do you watch on YouTube? Um, so I'm, what's your go-to? I'm weird. Like my wife is always into these like makeup videos and, mm -hmm. and people decluttering and stuff like that. I'm mm -hmm. I'm watching people do like camera rigs and photography things. Okay. And um, since I kind of run a, a media yeah, business, yeah. like that's kind of my go-to. Um, while like when wrestling's on and mm -hmm. and doing that. I'm typically watching highlights of things. I don't mm -hmm. watch actual events anymore. Yeah, I just watch highlights. I really, yeah. So uh, I hear that. My my go to on YouTube is a is a guy. I'll plug his channel, and and our twenty listeners can go follow him. Um, uh, I I follow this guy named the crazy crazy Russian hacker. You know he needs my plug because he only has like ten billion followers. So he, he definitely, definitely needs us. He needs more than. But um, he's dope, man. All he does is like just crazy like Japanese kitchen gadgets, and then he. Uh, does like survival videos of like you know how to make a fire out of uh, a wet piece of wood and uh, and uh, and uh, I don't know a pair of tongs or something like I don't know. <laughs> just random shit. But he's just he's a dude. Like if you want to go look him up, he's the crazy Russian hacker. He's the true American dream because he like came over here from Russia, like learned English, got a job at Walmart, discovered YouTube, started putting out ten minute videos of himself like using an egg peeler in the kitchen. And now he has billions of followers and has paid 100% in ad revenue off of YouTube videos. So, I mean, there you go. He quit his Walmart job and now he has a mansion in the fucking Appalachian Mountains and a beautiful wife. So, that's the American dream right there, ladies and gentlemen. Is, is this kind of what led to you quitting yours and... No, well, <laughs> I, I found him afterwards, but I'm definitely not, uh, I'm definitely not making a billion dollars. Now with the coronavirus, I'm making about negative $1,000 a month. So I'm, 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 good. <laughs> I'm good right now. The negative comes from driving here to do the podcast. So. <laughs> yeah. You got nothing else to do. I, I really don't. I really don't. You're, just, you're missing out on one of the 85 workout videos you posted. Well, it's, it's the weekend, so I don't work out on Saturday, Sunday. So that's why we can do this on a Saturday. Because, uh, you say that, then I'll go home and I'll see like yeah. 15 videos posted. Well, I do work. I have to... I have to NSU has us doing these fucking online videos or whatnot and those are in addition to the ones that i do like on my spare time and yeah. tommy dean's fucking challenges every day he has nothing better to do he's not taking care of his kids so he's challenging me to do push-ups <laughs> between you tommy and bear like, mm. i don't know who's putting more challenges yeah on. yeah yeah i'm just trying to keep up man it's a, it's a pissing contest <laughs> i'm just trying to keep up for sure anyway well what's going on guys i mean what do we got what do we got i mean the most glaring subject on the menu that we can get into i would assume is wrestlemania did you both watch wrestlemania i did watch i, don't I know about you i did um just because i wanted to see how interesting it was going to be without sure. thousands and thousands of people there um, so i i you know I've, I've gone on record saying i canceled my wwe network you know no no big deal just i wasn't into it anymore so i got rid of it it's 10 bucks a month i can save so i had a, a buddy loan me their fucking code so i because i was really interested to watch 
WrestleMania. I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. This, this, you know, every WrestleMania I always get together, a big group of friends. Everybody does get a big group of friends and mm-hmm. you, you do a potluck and you fucking watch WrestleMania. So this year that kind of happened on Facebook, like got in a Facebook group, got in a chat and we just bullshitted throughout the entire event. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't buy into the, the nonsense of, you know, too big for one night and all, you know, they, they have to put their spin on it and all that stuff. But, um, uh, most of the reactions to this WrestleMania, I would say, are positive. I think they're like like three to one, like positive from what yeah. I see at least. Sure. Um, I think the people that are saying like, man, if they would have just put a crowd around that ring, it would have been one of the greatest of all time. I think they're lying to themselves a little bit. I think that we all, myself included, um, lowered our expectations so much, so much to where we were all convinced this is going to be dog shit that if they did anything halfway decent, it would exceed our expectations. And I think they did. I think they. I think I lowered my expectations to absolute trash, and they presented me with a, a decent, decent show. So that makes it a successful event. So yeah, that's that was that was kind of my yeah. take on the whole thing. There there are good things. There are bad things. Um, what stands out to you guys? What what's your most uh, I mean, what's, the, what's your favorite WrestleMania moment from this year? The obvious ones are the cinematic. Sure, matches, sure. But the two big. Yeah. The I wasn't really a fan of any match, honestly. Mm-hmm. That you know wasn't you know the Boneyard or the yeah, Firefly, yeah, yeah. only because it just, it was it was tough for me to watch. Mm-hmm. Now Ultimate Fighter, something like that mm-hmm. with no crowd, like it's it's easy to get into. But I just I wasn't getting into it. Now I really like the setup in the Performance Center, so I would mm-hmm. I would actually enjoy it if maybe as this you know pandemic mm-hmm. you know gradually gets better maybe they slowly start weeding fans into the performance center like yeah. maybe like it starts off with 200 and right. then they go to the max which may i don't know maybe it's 600 fans and i don't know but maybe they go to the max of like you know, having little packed out smackdowns yeah, and draws yeah. and then before they get themselves back into the big buildings right, you know right. just to get some fans in there i think a lot of the wrestlers um you know and we all do but feed off fan reaction and like you know when you have your wrestlemania moment mm-hmm. and you're telling that story when you don't have the fans to ooh and ah it mm-hmm. makes it awkward like you know charlotte and Rhea when they would trade they'd back off and usually you would have the crowd like ah yeah. you know mm-hmm. he didn't have that so he just had weird awkward silence not that the match was bad it just was difficult no that to was watch. the as a matter of fact that was the best match of yeah. the whole weekend as far as i was concerned but um, it's hard to watch. It's 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 glaring. It's it's odd. It's crazy. It's just it's such a weird thing to. And I did not. I have not watched any of these empty arena shows. No Raws. No Smackdowns. I hadn't seen any of that. So I wasn't. I've seen clips, of course, but I hadn't watched any of the full shows. So I didn't really know what I was prepared. I mean, getting myself into. I guess you would say. And um, I mean, it, it's just. It's it's the same reaction I'm sure anyone had. It's just fucking weird and wild. I think that. So I think the best match of the entire weekend was Charlotte Rhea. And that for me, everybody's yeah. tastes are different. I think that the most disappointing match of the weekend actually had the best. So just to name names. I think Shayna versus Becky was the most disappointing match of the weekend for me personally. I think Shayna was the most successful at working in an arena with no people. I think that her MMA persona, her like, this is just a big ma- this is just a big fight cuz you know it's if you're having a big UFC fight you you don't give a fuck about the crowd that's not what you're there for you you zone in on your opponent and i think she very much like emphasized that going towards Becky and i i loved all the trash talking Shayna was doing i thought it was really yeah. quality trash talking i think the match was garbage i i it, it, you know I, I just i expected more that was a match i had my expectations too high in 
because um, I like both Shanna girls was a lot. also in the Ultimate Fighter, so like she had yeah. she's she's done that before. The empty empty building places. Yeah. Well, and and something that like not very many people know is that she did a little indie stint right before mm. WWE. Like yeah yeah yeah. yeah. AIW yeah. And, I've seen some very few clips of that. Yeah. Right. So I mean, she was used to smaller crowds and right. like the Ultimate Fighting yeah. stuff. No crowds. So mm-hmm. that like she was in her element when that match was going on. And also, here's a hot take for you is. Um, I love Becky, mm-hmm. but I really don't think Becky's that incredible in the ring. You know, that's just I think uh, the 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 crowd. I think you could say the same thing about like, I mean, honestly, I've gone on the record before saying I don't like comparing Becky to Stone Cold, but I think you could actually make the comparison here. I don't think Stone Cold in front of a a bunch of empty chairs is that entertaining either. Uh, th- that yeah. goes for just about anybody. Maybe pre, I mean, maybe pre broken neck. Maybe, but that goes for that goes for just about any of the performers, I guess. But like. You cannot undersell the emotion of uh, a crowd. So that yeah. is going to glare over every match. Every single match is affected by that. Yeah. Every performer. Sure. I think I think a lot of the performers are so stuck in, uh, I guess, I don't know, the WWE system or whatnot. They're trained to do things a specific way that I, I really cringed whenever, like, they would, like, play to the crowd even though there's no crowd there that yeah. happened a few times yeah i thought that muscle memory probably yeah yeah i thought that uh of some of the matches where they even like daniel bryan did the yes chant at one point now i, I can see that because he's supposed to be playing to the to the cameras as well because people are watching at home but like i don't know i was honestly just hoping he would just be like that brian danielson just just yeah. ignore everything um and that being said though i think Sami Zayn was i i I'm like, I should be more high on Sami Zayn because for a guy that spent, you know, the best parts of his life in a mask, well, to me as an indie wrestling fan, um, like his promo quality is unbelievable. And his like dedication to just being a heel is fucking unbelievable too. So like, I like uh, this new sloppier version of him. He really, yeah. and he's just yeah. a dickhead. <laughs> like he's just a piece of shit. With this nasty which I really enjoy. Hair. Yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoy. Like he's just a piece of shit heel, and I, that's really cool. But you know, he, uh, he, with with his hair the way it is, yeah. it, it kind of looks like uh, the first rendition of Cletus Cassidy from the first Venom that they showed. Okay, yeah, yeah, with yeah. The, with the, the moppy, wig. <laughs> just, yeah. the mop curls. Yeah. Now he's wearing the baggy army green pants yeah. and. I, I honestly think that Zayn is is incredibly underrated mm-hmm. as far as like some of his WWE work. Yeah. Granted, I don't think he's been given like the yeah. the green light to do yeah. uh, some of his best stuff sure. um, up until I think now. Yeah, um, because when they looked at Generico, they mm-hmm. saw comedy mask guy. Yeah, um, so they didn't really have I guess faith in him yet. I'm glad that he has kind of embraced the fact that he's like, well, I can't be that character anymore. I mean, that it, it doesn't it doesn't work. Like, it's not going to work for me to be that character if that's not what they want for me. So, I can not change, or I can change. So right. he, he and he's changed for yeah. the better for sure. So absolutely, really enjoyed it. Um, I guess um, we got to talk about him. So um, night yeah. one. Main event yep. was the Boneyard match. Uh, my, my favorite post that I made was just like, you know, I've waited years to see AJ Styles in the main event of WrestleMania, and he's finally made it in blue jeans in uh, a cinematic-style match. Now, all that being said, it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. I really did. It, it, it wouldn't have worked on a show with a live crowd, obviously. Like, if, if I was there and they played that on the screen and expected me to enjoy it, it would not have happened. It, would, it wouldn't. That just doesn't work. But um, Sadly, I think it's going to be a staple going forward. 
I think that Undertaker should be done now. I, yeah. I think that should be it. That 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 would be a how great can you match get higher than that? That that he the only way he's going to do better than that is if the coronavirus continues to keep uh, buildings from this happening, and he has one of those with Sting or something like because right. that's the only way that match is ever going to be good, and that's the that would be a giant retirement match. But I think Undertaker should be done right now. I think that was that was an awesome version of Taker. I heard that they. You know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what reports are true or whatever. But I, I heard that they ad libbed the, uh, or that they went to bat for each other for the trash talking and stuff. Like that, it was not. It wasn't. It, it wasn't, wasn't scripted, programmed that yeah. way for them to actually be talking throughout the thing. But but uh, AJ wanted it, and Taker went to bat for him and said, "Yeah, let's do it." So I, if that's true, uh, that's awesome. If it's not, it's cool for whoever put the lines in there anyway because they're fucking awesome. So I love yeah. the shit talking. I love it. I love the, like, uh, uh, what's my wife's name? Like, I love that. I love that part. I love the do not, please don't bury me. Like, I love yeah. that. That's so good. I love the camera cuts. Yeah, yeah. The camera cuts when Taker pulled up was some very the good. The cuts to the light behind him and when he, like, small facial expression, walk out of the shot, that was huge. Got some so, Metallica. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if you guys uh, have uh-huh. read like on who was in charge of this match, who uh-huh. was in charge no, of the Firefly. So apparently, and and again, I'm not sure mm-hmm. what reports are true or not. But sure, sure. The NXT team was behind the Boneyard match, really, and okay. WWE was behind the Firefly. It looked very much, you know, Sean Triple H, yes. in yeah. the Boneyard. Triple H was was the guy that was. It was him and Hayes apparently who was oh, yeah. behind the Boneyard match. Which I guess makes sense as to why they were able to ad lib so much. Lots yeah. of leather, lots of Metallica, yeah, yeah. And, so, and it looked like the guys had freedom to talk about whatever they wanted to. So yeah, I could totally see that for sure. Yeah, it's um, not like they're gonna reshoot it. Once it's done, it's done. It's done. You know, for sure. But uh, I, I did really enjoy it. I would love for that to be Undertaker's last match. Um, I, I'm sure it's not going to be, but I, I don't see how he can ever go back to an in-ring performance. And that's 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 coming from me, a guy that puts Undertaker like in the top ten. Like I I don't need to see him have any more live matches. You know, yeah. I, I just really don't. So that was great. Yeah. Um, I feel like they're going to make SummerSlam huge though. After giving a you know lackluster mania, yeah, we, other we, than the two if we're, if we're not still stuck like this in August, yeah, maybe. But. Uh, um, and you know, Undertaker is Undertaker though. Um, I've, I've said before, like AJ Styles is that guy. Like for me, it's just like, as far as like performance goes, like it's always, it's Ric Flair, it's Shawn Michaels. And for me, it's AJ Styles. Like he's the ne- yeah. he's the new generation of the greatest in-ring performer of all time. He can do it all. And now that he's in WWE, like he's showing that he's fucking can cut some promos like mad. He can lead a faction. I mean, I know he's done that in the past and stuff, but like, I just love everything about AJ, um, so I'm all, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. I'm glad he got that spot. Um, the glove sticking up out of the dirt at the end of the match was was interesting. I don't know how I like that, but I think I would like that on a T-shirt or something. Like, it might be kind of cool to <laughs> they see said that, that on was a shirt. Taker's call. Really? I don't know how much I like that part, but I do. I, I, I was okay. I'm talking about it, so I guess it was good. So, so like when when that happened live, mm-hmm. I remember my wife going, "Wow." That's such a shitty fake hand. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was a bad. Fake and hand. I was like, man, they could have probably gotten away with like showing fake feet with his boots and kick mm-hmm. pad, or like yeah. the, the boots and jeans, and it would have looked ten times better. Yeah, because like a fake hand, like it's got the weird pose. Like, uh, yeah, find the natural. I don't see why they didn't just like like <laughs> just have a, a close up. You know, the, the cameras just panned in 
on his actual hand and they just piled dirt right here. Some, yeah. Like, you know, and he just flexed. Like, I mean, it could have been anything, but yeah. it is what it is, man. Oh, well. AJ was probably gone. Was yeah. Probably the last minute. That's thing, true. Like, That's true, too. That's what a lot of people, I heard a lot of people shitting on, uh, well, and it is a weird thing. Like, there, there was no explanation for why Braun Strowman replaced Roman Reigns and all that stuff. And, and the thing is, like, I don't think they had time to do anything. Because we don't know the timeline of when they recorded what. Like, WrestleMania was recorded before a SmackDown, and then they, they had to do a SmackDown that was set before WrestleMania. They all had to pretend like it hadn't happened yet. So they didn't know, like, they didn't have the timeline. They probably had already sent everybody home. You know what I mean? Like, it was probably already half the people were sent home. They didn't have time to bring... Uh, um, Stroman in or whatnot. Yeah. So yeah, it was saying they were considering Jeff Hardy for that spot. Really? Yeah, like Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. Then they went with Stroman. I think Matt Hardy going to AEW probably is what hurt kept them from Jeff Hardy. Maybe. Probably, but man, I don't know if it would have been believable that Jeff Hardy of all people beats Goldberg. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would like, have to be outside interference of some sort. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Goldberg probably would be the guy that's like, "Fuck that! I'm not losing to Jeff Hardy." <laughs> probably. <laughs> you know? uh, He's that like, kind of guy. Yeah. I, I just listened to a, an interview with Mick Foley, Jesse Ventura, and then somebody who mm-hmm. was doing the interview from yeah. the director's cut of Beyond the Bat, mm-hmm. where uh, Ventura and Foley were both talking about guys that hang on too long. Yeah. And you just see them come in, they either put somebody away really fast or they get put away really right. fast. And they just hang in there because that's all they know. It's, right. you know um, and and I, I truly think that Goldberg just needs to not anymore because yeah. if I want to see Goldberg, I want to see that dominant powerhouse that was, you know... Uh, in WCW, where he was having decent quality matches yeah. without, you know, concussing people with a super kick. I and, yeah. uh, never want to see Goldberg again. Yeah, me neither. Period. I can't fault uh, on on the contrary. I can't fault the guy for coming back and making that money. Though, well, of course, because right. it's, it's getting thrown at him. It'll, he went years without making it. Like, it will decade. never get better than his WrestleMania match with Brock, the most yeah. recent one. I mean, that yeah. was. I, I I flew to my feet. Like, not very many matches get me out of my chair, but, like, I remember, like, kicking over a chair. I was so fucking, like, gnarly fucking spear, like, right at the beginning of that match. Like, that was awesome because that was a shocker. But now we've seen it multiple times since then. We've, we've seen it now. And, they, they, of course, they've just overdone it, overdone it, overdone it. And then now we saw the fucking Saudi Arabia abortion with Undertaker <laughs> that they had. I, I'm uh, The only fucking disappointment of that match is that that tombstone didn't kill him, so... Fucking yeah, brutal. Yeah. I, I anyway. I'm done with Goldberg. I don't need to see any more of that. So you mentioned the uh, the match with Brock Lesnar. Um, I I've been thinking a lot about Brock Lesnar lately. Uh-huh. Um, for for an interesting reason. I watched his uh, Ruthless Aggression. Okay. On the network. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, it made me re-fall in love with Brock Lesnar. And yeah. maybe that's because back in 2002 when he came in yeah. and did that entire run, he was pushing Zach Gowan downstairs. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah. I loved it. Throwing I think like he crazy. was a yeah. monster. Same. They had to go all in on him, too. So when he came back in the fight shorts, the fight gloves, mm-hmm. um, I don't know why I expected it to be the same mm-hmm. ruthless Lesnar, yeah. but it wasn't. Because right. all he was doing it was, was different. Th- it was throwing German suplexes. Yeah. And it, it, I don't yeah. know why I didn't like him so much mm. when he came back. Um, and I I think that his body and everything else, like the shorts and everything, work for him now. Mm-hmm. But, man, I would really like to see a little more personality out of the guy. Right, right. Um, I also don't think he trains legs like he used to. I, I don't think so. Man, he... Because then... chicken legs underneath those shorts, you could see them. I won't yeah. talk shit, neither do I. So. <laughs> yeah, but you're also not getting paid fucking $10 million. I'm not getting paid fucking 10 bucks. <laughs> so <laughs> I think back then, with, with the way that his physique was versus what it is now, I think mm-hmm. that he's resorted to what he 
he's resorted to what he does now yeah. out of necessity. You know, it's not unlike fucking Shawn Michaels coming back, you know, at fucking in Blue Jeans versus Triple H, you know, and his and when his in his return run, like he changed his whole style for yeah. the most part. I yeah. mean, he, he it, it's it's just that on a different scale because Brock's a 300 pound fucking monster. Yeah. I love Brock. I've loved every incarnation of Brock and um I have not soured on him at all. I got I'm a little stale on some of the stuff now, but like when he Started all this fucking suplex city shit against John Cena. I was like, this is the best thing that I will ever see in my life. And then it went on and on and on, and it gets kind of boring. I mean, it does. But, like, when that first happened, oh, my God. I was like, this is the best. Like... They they've never built up a fucking like final boss as good as they did Lesnar. So and and see when he when he started that I think that was that personality that I was looking mm. for because he did yeah. it with the money in the bank thing with the boombox. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. some of the just he thinks it's hilarious. He's doing it to pop himself kind of stuff. Even um, at the Royal Rumble, he was dancing to somebody's entrance music. Like he, I don't remember what uh, who, but that was like that was very recent. But he was like dancing as he like eliminated people left and right, and then he started dancing and shit like that was entertaining. Yeah, when he had like the money in the bank and he. Use it like a beatbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking awesome, man. Like the just stuff like that. That um, and and I think it's because a lot of the times as wrestlers, mm-hmm. there are times where we do stuff to pop ourselves mm-hmm. sure. because yeah, we think yeah, it's sure. hilarious. Constantly, that's what yeah. that was, and that's what gets over. If if we like it, a yeah. lot of the times time they will like too. it as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that that's what I would like to see more of. For um, sure. Rather rather than hey, go out there and do this. Right. It it, yeah. it feels less natural that way. Yeah. If, I agree with that. If you like it and it pops you, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten it's going to get. Show over it to the crap. people and see how they react. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Well, that's um, that's pretty much night one. I yeah. mean, if you got anything else to talk about, go for it. But uh, what about night two? So on night two we got. Um, I actually about night one real quick that ladder match like I want to say that's that's very hard I, it was a good match but it was very hard for me to watch these guys fucking take these gnarly bumps yeah, with no crowd reaction crazy. that's just like it's that's one of those weird situations where it's like on one hand this is Wrestlemania so they have to present something crazy True. but on the other hand it's like fuck I would have I wouldn't ask those guys to bump on ladders and shit like that. Obviously, they're getting paid for it, but like, yeah. uh, and that that if if you don't though, then you you also don't get to call it WrestleMania, I guess, because you have to fucking have matches like that at WrestleMania. But anyway, I think that the workers feel for them more than yeah. you know. Oh, of course, any fan feels for it. They're like, oh hell yeah, go through that ladder. And KO <laughs> KO took the huge bump off the WrestleMania sign. Like uh, that was great. That, that match with Seth was awesome. I, I, really I didn't even it. watch that. You know, I was oh, actually that was probably the best match in that one. I yeah. was actually shocked that when he did that, they didn't have that like stupid mm-hmm. crash pad under there. Yeah. I, w- I was legitimately shocked because that's what I expected. But when they on a show like through, that, yeah, yeah. I, I wonder. Really? I wonder who gets to make those calls because in the ladder match, there's a pretty obvious camera cut where they somebody takes a bump on a crash pad or something. They just don't show it. There's yeah. a there's a bump to the outside of the ring. It's completely missed by all the cameras, and then it cuts to them and they're just laying on the ground like this. You know they fell on a fucking crash pad and they pulled the crash pad out of the way. Then they put the cameras on them. But Kevin Owens straight up jumps off of. He basically, he does the Shane McMahon Hell in a Cell bump. Yeah. It's the same height. It's the same table. He just does it in the match with fucking uh, Seth right through the table with no extra padding or anything that we could tell at least. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting that they didn't, like, yeah, put Unless, a crash pad down or something. Unless right. it was pre-recorded magic somehow. It could have been. Who knows? Could have um, been. Nothing's worse than the Jeff Hardy comeback in, like, 07 when he did his two bumps. He did one off the entrance 
or the camera, you can see the bounce, but it didn't let you see the yeah, crash. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then he did one off of a semi that's supposed to be onto the concrete. Remember yeah. That one? <laughs> yeah. That's stupid. It's yeah. like, why would you? It just, it's unbelievable. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't, I hate those, those tiles of like. But while we're on camera cuts, those, those are two pretty bad ones to throw in there. For yeah, sure. uh, I, I think when they did the, the Corbin Elias thing yeah, where, he, where he bumped yeah, off yeah, the yeah, scaffolding yeah. or whatever, yeah. like that was obvious. That, that took he me, yeah, I hate that. Took you way out of took the. Me way out of the moment, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, I, now, on. He's wearing his KT tape. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> so. John loved that. So one. stupid. We were talking mad shit in that wrestling chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I, I, I don't like Corbin at all, and, and I'm, I'm not even the biggest Elias guy either. So like, I could sh- shit all over that match. But, right. You know. um, I remember like watching it when Elias came out with the KT tape on his shoulder, mm-hmm. and I was like, he landed apparently flat on his back. Would yeah. he have his back taped up? Like back in the day, <laughs> they used to tape their ribs, and you know uh, they yeah. come out. Like, yeah, you put the like white tape all around them, like that. I like that. That would be sure. Cool. Yeah. It, it looks, it looks like they, they took a, a more brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because you could tear it off during the match. Like, Lesnar used to do that, and he'd, like, pick them up by it. Yeah. (laughs) Carry around people like a little briefcase. He did, he did that. Um, Now, I remember talking to somebody, and I don't remember if it was you, Mm -hmm. Royal, or uh, or who I was talking to, but uh, we were talking about what the coronavirus would do to WWE Mm -hmm. and how it would affect filming and stuff like that. And I was like, man, I think this gives them a great chance to... Uh, kind of play with filming it like a movie right. rather than filming it like they yeah. traditionally would. Um, and I think with the Boneyard match and the Funhouse match, I think they have played with it and it has mm-hmm. it, it is successful. However, when a crowd comes back, I don't think they're going to be able to carry that yeah. forward. I think they'll keep the – here's the thing is you might see another Boneyard match you know, at WrestleMania or something like John said with the Sting or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think that the Firefly Funhouse match is going to be like Bray Wyatt's Hell in a Cell. It's got to be. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be like, you know, that's the ultimate Bray Wyatt, you know, yeah. manipulation payoff. And, like, if it's anything like this last one, which I know we'll get into that, mm-hmm. with all the throwback and stuff, it's like, it's shit you never would think that they would throw back to that mm-hmm. they did. Like, Eric Bischoff, like, what the hell? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I thought that was, that popped me so hard. It was so good. Imagine him doing that with people, like, I don't know, say, I don't know, let's, let's look at it like this. Like, Bray Wyatt, his whole story is, you know, previous things that happened to his character mm-hmm. that he's avenging. Think of all these different people over the years that he could avenge. Like The Rock, for example, comes yeah, in sure. and squashes him. What if The Rock comes back at Hollywood and it's Rock versus Fiend and yeah. he has a funhouse match, you know? What if Rock can't wrestle a regular match but he, he can pre-tape a funhouse, you know? Yeah. Sure. It comes, they, they show the Nation of Domination stuff. Yeah, they Rocky make, him, they make him do all that over again. All the, yeah. Um, I think that that would be incredibly entertaining. I, I saw that he just started a thing with Braun Strowman. Over on SmackDown, yeah, Braun beat Braun beat Shinsuke, and uh, then Bray comes in and, and talks about how he brought him in, and uh, there was stuff with the Wyatt family and all that. I think that if they did something, um, kind of, it, it doesn't even have to be a funhouse match. It could just mm-hmm. be uh, maybe Bray having like little yeah. recollections of yeah, what yeah. happened. Um, bring, actually, like what happened to bring Strowman in and stuff like right, that. Yeah. I think that would be uh, entertaining to see. For sure, would be good. Well, night two happens, and, uh, you know, I was pretty hyped up. I was excited. I was excited because I had such a fun time with night one, like, in that chat and talking. Um, I actually was really looking forward to it. So, so like, I, I, got, I got down for night two. Um, you know, the most standout things from night two, of course, for me was Rhea Charlotte. I thought that was a WrestleMania quality match, one of the very few ones that I was like, oh, this would have felt at home in an arena full of 50,000 people. Like, this match would have worked. And it would have been 
10 times better it would have been huge in yeah. front of a crowd Absolutely. but it was quality as far as like just just programming you know producing a fucking ball and ass singles match that was that the was hype video before was really good too. it was awesome i love Rhea. i love charlotte so like i was all in on that match um and uh, I thought it delivered like crazy. Um, Rhea fucking put the Super Saiyan armor on, which I thought was dope. And Charlotte looked majestic as fuck as always. And they just had a banger of a match. And, you know, Charlotte won. Whatever. It is what it is. Charlotte's, Charlotte's the goat of the women's division, I guess. Uh, and uh, um, They're getting her to the 16. That's fine. Yeah, that's, that is what it is. That's, oh, yeah, she's NXT champion now. I didn't even think about that. That's for That was for the NXT championship, wasn't it? So... So she'll be on NXT a little bit, which I mean, is what it is. Could They're all a, fucking filming rating, in the same place right now. Move. Could be. Could be. See, I want that to happen, but I want, you know, I want the NXT title to be, mm -hmm. you know, defended against a mainstay WWE star. I do too, but I don't see them ever fucking they're gonna have to they'll put it on someone else because they sure as hell aren't gonna fucking pretend like they think adam cole's on the same level as as fucking uh brock or something which which i guess he's not Maybe i mean not he is brock, in my but mind but like you know I, I guess he's definitely not he, you put them standing in the ring next to each other he's gonna look like a child compared to brock, Maybe not brock but maybe you have an adam cole kevin owens match yeah you know, like, you know he, he could go against drew yeah. drew's a big motherfucker but th they could probably and make Drew's, that believable Drew did, went to nxt kevin came from nxt and like there's all this stuff you could do. Like I hope so. I just uh, that's that's just me being negative because I love Adam Cole so much. I know that they're gonna fuck him over as soon as they try to do anything important with him. So what if they do a Money in the Bank this year and an NXT guy wins Money in the Bank? That'd be cool. Like what if like Ciampa cool. wins Money in the Bank? That'd be awesome. That, yeah, you know that'd be badass. However, um, I don't see Ciampa ever actually going up to main roster. Mm. Um, I, I, he's gone on record saying that he'll retire before he does. Yeah. Uh, um, him and, him I and hope not. I, a part of me thinks like, you know, Vince tells you what you're going to do, you're going to do it. It's like, yeah. Ciampa can say that and, you know, people like, you know, the Marks and stuff will sit here and be like, oh, wow, like, you know, Ciampa loves NXT, but he'll, he's going to do whatever they... If, if the yeah, money's right, if, I think yeah. anybody... Would, yeah. I hope that he doesn't ever. But, you know, that's me because I love Ciampa yeah. and uh, Gargano, I, I, I don't want to see him yeah. misused. Gargano, you know, Gargano is a is a fucking bell to bell like magician. He has awesome matches every time. I'm just not a fan. That's Andy, just me. Any train right. Skylar Faden. Let's not forget that. Well, you know, I digress. <laughs> a I digress. <laughs> I, I, I remember like when he came back yeah. from you know there. He lived with me. It was mm -hmm. an experience yeah. to say the least. The experience. I don't know if Skylar still listens or Kai. I don't know if he still listens to this, but he used to tell me about that. So. Yeah, there's nothing better to do. Anyway, tell us what you're up to, Kai, if you're listening. I know he commented on my status yesterday for like the first time in almost a year, so that was cool. I never, um, so I was never a uh, Gargano fan on the indies, um, and I and I, I hesitate to say I'm a fan now, but I know that whenever. It's a Gargano match that it's going to be entertaining. So I, I just this weekend um, went back and I watched the trilogy of Ciampa Gargano matches. I watched all of them. So um, in a row, like for the first time ever. Um, and I started with with Portland because that was the one of the most recent takeovers, and I, I hadn't seen it because I didn't have the network. So I have the network now. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna go back and watch. Actually, I just went on Google and I typed in like the best NXT matches. Of 2020, which, you know, it's only been a few yeah, months in 2020. Sure. But um, the top five, um, three of them were from the Worlds Collide deal, and the other two were from Portland. And I was like, well, I guess I just need to watch those two events. Yeah. And um, they were not fucking wrong, because that Worlds Collide event was awesome. And NXT Portland has got to be, like, one of my top threes. I love that fucking yeah. show. So, 
And uh, uh, I know that if fucking Johnny is in a match, I'm going to be entertained. Even if I'm not a fan, like, I'm going to have, I'm going to see an awesome match. And I'm going to see some fucking cool cosplay shit, which I'm always into. So I'm game. So question, do you think that um, NXT is so successful, I guess, in, in the, in the uh, entertainment fact? Mm-hmm. Because Triple H and those that kind of head that mm-hmm. are more in tune with what's going on in the indies and they kind of they kind of know what that crowd wants right i think triple h I think and so. you got triple h and you got you got triple h and sean sitting in production two of the best to ever do it people mm-hmm. that you know were the were the tipping point for the attitude era for mm-hmm. you know they were ahead of the curve then they're ahead of the curve now sure. that's how i feel and um i think you know if nxt maybe it wouldn't be the same if it had wwe's you know fingers in it but mm-hmm. You know, WWE is different than they were, you know, 20 years ago. They have shareholders to, you know, make happy and constantly. Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Saudi Arabia make happy and all this bullshit. So I think NXT is its own little thing. But I also think like, man, they're they're definitely in touch with, you know, with with everything. Sure. Especially the indies. Because they, they're always bringing in, you know, indie stars and making them feel big. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. I was never a Killer Cross fan. I'm, I'm probably still not until I see, you know, more of him. I don't know who he is. But so that shows I, you my yeah. See, I don't really know either, but I know the way they're presenting him and the way people are reacting. And that means nothing, him. by the way, because I fucking hardly ever watch wrestling until recently. So. I didn't know Alistair Black, and you know now I'm yeah, a big there you fan. Go. So yeah. it's like, see, I remember having a conversation with Killer Cross um, about was it three three months ago? Whenever I was at Revolver yeah. last, mm-hmm. um, he did a match at Revolver. And uh, we were sitting in the back, and that's when, like, reports had come out, like, AEW offered him this, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. Impact offered him, you know, a bigger deal to stay. Right. Uh, WWE offered him something. And I was like, hey, man, so, like, I, I, I've seen the reports of Red mm-hmm. like, are you, you going to E? Is that what you're going? He's like, I think so. I think that's just kind of where it makes sense for me to go. Yeah. Um, I think that I would be happiest there, da-da-da-da-da, because uh-huh. I know that they're going to throw me into NXT first. And I was like, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that you're right in that aspect. Um, and he, he's like, plus, I've done Impact. Yeah. I know what AEW is going right, to offer right, me. Right. You know? Well, AEW is at the point now, in my opinion, to where they're getting... like, If you look at their ex-WWE stars in the roster now, it's getting a little... It's I, I know it's cool to have them, but it's getting to the point to where you know, some of their indie darlings that they were hanging their company on are taking a back seat. Like, how often do you see Darby Allen now? Or how often do you see Joey Janela? Not that I'm a Joey Janela fan, but... Yeah, and he was in some of their main shit when they first started. Well, I yeah. want to see something different than what I saw on WWE, though. That that's that's a key yeah. thing. Even if it's not better, I want to see something different, which is kind of a, a bad road that TNA went down when they had Bischoff and Hogan in control. Was uh, you started to not see the different? You started to just see fucking yeah. WCW light or, or old WWE light yeah. or whatever. And uh, I hope AEW doesn't get there. Um, they they're they're acquiring the roster to get there, but yeah. I, I want them to use some of these. You know, like the the older guys, like DDP and whatnot. Like they need to be their behind yeah. the scenes producers and 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 whatnot. Well, so. and now that they got Matt Hardy, I'm over here, and I was mm-hmm. watching his you know promo from Wednesday Wednesday, and I'm just like, you know, I'm just I'm not feeling it. I don't know. Like a couple mm-hmm. years ago, I was all about the broken gimmick, but now it's just like, well, I think I need to sit in front of a fucking crowd. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that that too. Like I'm not, I, and I don't disagree with you that I would even enjoy it if it was in front of a crowd. Yeah. I'm glad that he's there. Um, cause I think Matt has still a lot left to offer, but, um, I don't think, I think he got to create the broken thing in TNA and just start to like, kind of get it out there. And then it, it went to shit and then he got to WWE and, and they were like, 
yeah, just go do whatever you want. But then they're like, nah, just taper back. We want you to be a hardy. And then it's like, oh, okay, start to do some of this and that. And then he yeah. just disappeared. So I think there's still something left to offer from that character. So I'm excited to see him there. But I think that's one of those characters I need in front of a live audience, though. Well, I mean, I mean his promo was from the Broken Compound, which is yeah. where a lot of his main stuff was from. And yeah, I yeah. still wasn't completely, yeah. you know, sold on it. it. Yeah. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't big on it, but I mean... I guess I like the Brody Lee gimmick. You know, I, I hope, you know, I want to Oh, I'm excited for that. He looks a lot better now because he, when he first debuted, I hated his look so much. Mm. It was a singlet top and it looked like the old, you know, Steve Blackman pants he was wearing. I'm a little I, sad that he's not in blue jeans and a wife beater, to be honest. That's just me, yeah. just a little bit. I would have loved for that really clean, like, robe to like throw off and he's just like filthy, like in, in a wife yeah. beater and blue jeans like he always used to look. But, yeah. uh,. <clears throat> I, him I'm excited for. So he's not someone, when you say like, oh, they're just ex-WWE guys, he's not one that pops in my mind because no. he has not reached any potential yet. So I don't I don't see him as being like former WWE guy, even though he is technically like, he never reached any type of potential though. So I, I don't, you know, former WWE guys are, are, are Hardy and Jericho and uh, and guys like that. Like, yeah. um, that 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 have done their thing you know Jer- jericho like i don't i really hope that we don't ever have to like i love oh god jericho's a he's a top 10 of all time but like um i don't need him to ever get another title run or anything i feel like he did his service for the the start of that company and now like he can just go off and fucking have fun and do his own thing yeah yeah with with matt hardy or with whoever and, and just do a fucking gimmick and and be done with it so so talking about uh, uh brody lee mm-hmm a lot of his WWE stuff doesn't really stick out to me. No, obviously no. he had the Wyatt I can't name family, hardly anything. Yeah, but man, he had a match, and I don't remember who it was with. It was mm-hmm. with one of the cruiserweight guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say it was in NXT that he mm-hmm. had the match. He came in, and it was like watching Brody Lee. Really, it yeah. was not Luke Harper at all. Mm-hmm. He was in the Black Wife Beater. It was right before the Bludgeon he Brothers went down things. and had the match. Yeah, yeah, and it was awesome. awesome. Like I thoroughly enjoyed the match. Right on. Um, and then he started doing the Bludgeon Brothers thing, and I, I just couldn't care less anymore. I wanted to like it, but I couldn't, yeah. So, aside from the obvious, the main event, uh, what else stood out to you guys from night two at WrestleMania this year? Anything particular? Um, we, had, we talked about Rhea Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, aside from Rhea and Charlotte and the, the Funhouse match. What, what else happened? What the fuck else even happened on night two? See, I didn't even watch it. That's the thing is, like, night two wasn't particularly memorable mm-hmm. for me um like night one really yeah. was um just the those two matches were really all that stuck out to me I, I honestly can't remember what else happened i feel like there was something else but uh anyway um so well fuck it then um firefly funhouse match so didn't really know what to expect especially after the boneyard which was pretty interesting and i Very thought well strange here we go like uh what are they gonna do um and uh, as it started, as it got rolling, I thought, well, all right, we're, uh, you know, Cena, Cena made an actual entrance into the arena, which was fairly disappointing for a few people, I think, at least in that group that I was talking in. Uh, they were like, oh, no, is this going to be just a match? Like, uh, gross, That's whatever. That's a negative-ass group, too. Yeah. I know they... I, I agreed with them, though. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I, was I, know. Like, oh, no. I know they're listening now, but, you know, just a sidebar for a second. I've been in that group for probably four mm-hmm. or five years. Since I became a worker, I got added to that group. Mm-hmm. But I've never had any inkling to even comment mm-hmm. or give my opinion or argue. It just did not matter to me. 
But something happened during WrestleMania weekend. I was sitting there, and I'm like, I'm just going to completely just say the most random well, shit that it's, comes to mind. It's one of those things where it's like you, you're, you're, it's WrestleMania, quote-unquote, but you're not with your typical group of, of party atmosphere. So you kind of want to like yeah. just throw some random shit and bounce some fun things off the wall. So like those groups come in handy when you do that. I just started targeting Doggins. Yeah, that's, I, well, I, that's my daily. That's my every – all I do every day is just want to fucking just like call out Doggins. Did you see my ECW post? Uh, I saw his screenshot of it, yeah. Okay, so I did a whole post on that page, and it was designed to get him to defend it. Oh, I guess I missed the post on the page. Oh, no, you have to go read it. It's oh, great. I completely missed that. But I just I, saw his screenshot. I put the ECW thing on there, and it was designed because I knew Darby would roast him, and I mm-hmm. knew people would get in there. So um, Doggins is fighting tooth and nail mm-hmm. on his opinion, and people are just slaughtering him. So I would just comment in there, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, you really think you know Shane Douglas is better than you know Ezekiel Jackson mm-hmm. as a champion? Yeah. He took so offense, and I was like. Dude, if ECW were a beer, it would be a Zima with a Jolly Rancher. <laughs> and he's like, I hate you so much. He's like, you did this to, you did this to humiliate me. Did it on purpose. <laughs> See, like, you guys are, you guys are talking about, like, yeah. you know, getting together with friends and mm-hmm. a group and watching Mania and stuff. I've only done that one time. Oh, really? Yeah. And that was... That's the norm for me. We yeah, did it here like, last year, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've never been a sociable person. I'm, I'm one to keep to myself, I mean, stay home. All that stuff. I'm with you on that. I am with you on that. WrestleMania is usually will get me into a group. I uh, I, I won't do it for like any random pay-per-view, but WrestleMania, I think this is the first WrestleMania that I have not like entertained a group or been a part of a group. So so yeah, but I, I feel you on the on the like kind of wanting to be solo for most of the stuff. Though. Sure. Yeah. But it was weird. I like as I was gearing up to watch this year's Mania, I was I, I found myself thinking like, man, why? Why am I not with other people yeah, to yeah, watch yeah. this right now? <laughs> like, strange, there, there was something about um, the anticipation of the event that made me kind of want to be with people, which is yeah. weird for me. Well, it's, it's, it is a weird, it's a weird thing just all overall again because it's like there's no crowd. You kind of feel for the performers, and then you don't really know. Like, you're watching it, and maybe you're entertained, and you're like, am I entertained? Am I actually enjoying this? Do I need to talk to other people? Like, right. uh, am I enjoying this? Do you know? Are you enjoying this? Like, that's kind of how it felt like to me. And it's um, like people want what they can't have. It's like yeah, yeah, you sure. want to be around people when you usually wouldn't because sure. you can't be around people now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's just one of those weird things. But um, So the Firefly Funhouse match was great. It was just such an entertaining, you know, like like Marvel-esque. History like, lesson. Like, like. Yeah. Just Trent X Men style fucking like Bray's traveling through the future, the past. I mean, and 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 uh, altering timelines and showing Cena in certain incarnations of his career, and then then even branching off into some what ifs. And uh, um, I, I made a comment in that group, like I said, because everybody was like speculating, like, is this just going to turn into a match? And I was like, you know what, the best thing in the world would be is if it just like fizzled. And then it came back to reality, and Cena was just in the mandible claw the entire time. Like, the, the thought was, like, all that happened inside Cena's brain as he was in the mandible claw. And it, it sort of turned into that. It just it turned into him getting put in the mandible claws, which was, I thought was cool. Against him. I, I, I like that. So it, it ended exactly kind of how I wanted it to end, which was very pleasing. So I think right. it was very much a uh, nod to the smart fan is what the, Yeah, the it, was a, was it was a – hey, there are there – are, I have not heard a single person 
say that they were eh on that match. They either fucking liked it or they fucking despised it. I've seen plenty of both. You had your wrestling so, purist. It's like, it needs to happen in a ring. But yeah. then I'm over here looking at it like, you really wanted them to go out and have a yeah. match in that ring, in that performance center. Yeah, not you at know, all. Like, I didn't know if I liked it until the very end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I watched the whole thing and was like, ah. And then like the ending happened. I was like, you know what? I actually, I actually enjoyed that. Yeah. Cena is an interesting social media guy. I don't know if either one of y'all follow him, but um, mm-hmm. he's uh, he's always an interesting follow on social media. And he even and this is this is him just being him, I'm sure. And he's playing it up, but like he hinted that that could be his farewell. You know, like he maybe you won't see Cena again, or or maybe for a long time. You know what I mean? So I think you'll see him in a traditional match. At, oh, uh, sure. Goes Hollywood when it goes Hollywood next sure, year. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, he's because he's got plenty left in the tank. But like. Um, uh, it's he, interesting though. Cena could come back right now and lead a modern incarnation of the NWO and be around another ten years if he wanted. I think to. that would be the only way that I would I would enjoy like a, a full time Cena return is if he like created like like he actually like made a successful like um, faction leader run or something like that would be interesting. But um, yeah, it was great. I was I was I, I on one hand like I, I figured they were gonna close the show with Drew and Lesnar. On the other hand, I was like, man, I don't know if they, they they should probably just leave it like they did night two and just end it with the cinematic win. But um, I think the most disappointing thing of the entire WrestleMania quote unquote weekend was uh, was Drew finally getting his moment in front of no one. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I just Drew's a guy that I, I've always sort of enjoyed. I have some pretty close friends who are beyond high on him and always have been. And I never really got it, but um, uh, I, I was like, I love the Royal Rumble win. I love it when they go with somebody that sort of deserves it. Like at least somebody they they try to build somebody new, and they deserve it, and they build them up, and they do a great job, and and uh, and then it sucks to not have him yeah. get that that fucking payoff in front of you know fifty sixty thousand people. Like that sucks, but uh, I'm still happy for Drew. the The point into the camera made me kind of sad. I was like, because that's all he had to do, you know. I was like, it's it sucks that he's not in front of. people. He went backstage and like, all right, uh, you know, wipe off. You're gonna go out and face the big show now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I heard something about that. I don't know what that's all about, but uh, I I I heard that there was some weird like big show match or something. But so my question: Do you do you think that uh, they did that? Like put him against the big show because they they were like, we need him to have like. A crazy defense right off the bat. And who's the biggest guy we could put him against? Yeah, yeah. Big show. And probably who's one of the biggest only people that's backstage right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that was about. I haven't. I haven't watched anything since WrestleMania um, as far as like yeah. modern current stuff goes. You know, here's my thing: is that out of all the empty arena shows right now, I think AEW does it best. Oh yeah, yeah. empty arena. It's like they're they just do things the right way when it's empty. And um, I watched the recap of, you know, AEW from this last Wednesday, and, like, they have, like, the ultimate fighter UFC-type story build where it's, like, a backstory, and it's, like, diving into Moxley from his own home, talking. You get, like, and it takes up 20 minutes of the show, but mm-hmm, it's, like, sure. it's the build-up, like, next week on Before the Fight or whatever, you know, whatever. It's that kind of build, and, like, it shows Jake Hager in his MMA gym. It's very much about anticipation. Also, I love how AEW, this, the most recent one, I don't know if you've seen it, they moved to a smaller mm-hmm. building. And it was turf ground, so I'm pretty sure it's probably like the Jaguars, like kicker facility or something. Mm-hmm. Um, just for like the littlest of the little of things, like very small, small roof, and um, yeah. it looked like something. It looked like um, honestly the Claremore Community Center, right? Uh, almost just like it. But um, you know, they had people, they had workers around the ring that were like cheering the whole time, like Billy Gunn and his son, and then Marco Stunt. They were all around the ring, so it gave a little bit of the fan feel. Yeah. Um, and the entrance was so close to the ring. 
I think they do it right. You know, like I think I think WWE can learn a thing or two, and they obviously have. I guess apparently WWE changed their camera view because of AEW. Huh. It's like WWE had the traditional hard cam, where you know how the hard cam sits on one side of the ring and it shoots the opposite side of the crowd. Yeah. yeah. First couple of shows they had the hard cam set in there, then AEW switched their hard cam to where it's facing the entrance of the background, so you can see the empty seats. So then WWE switched. So. I mean, I, f- I feel like that's probably the best way to do an empty arena show is yeah. is to have it facing the the entrance way of like course, yeah. wfc yeah. has their hard cam facing their entrance mm-hmm. so um they're advertising um jake hager versus john moxley in a uh, empty arena match next week and i think it's like, <laughs> it's such a fucking like you know like like a little mild like you know poke like obviously it's an empty arena but we're gonna yeah, build yeah, it yeah. as an empty, arena. As an empty right. arena so match. five years from now you can be like oh that empty arena match here you go it's yeah. like it's smart on their part. That sure. that is because that would be a good highlight video, and they won't have to. There won't be any like people like wondering like why are there no people around the ring? It's like oh, it was billed as an empty arena match. Like that's why it wasn't half supposed to have people. Yeah. So that's interesting. I haven't seen any AEW stuff at all, so I don't. I don't know. Have either one of you guys watched the Edge Twenty Four? Hmm. I know no. I asked you about it. Okay, no. so I'm not gonna ruin it, but there's one really cool part in there where Edge. You can basically here's, here's what I get from it. You can thank AEW for us having Edge back right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've, I, Edge was on a podcast. Uh, fuck, that was a while ago when I listened to that. But he, he went into, he talked about like, like, yeah, you know, um, I, I just, I want to thank AEW for getting me a, a really awesome raise at WWE. Like he, he says that on like some podcast somewhere. So I totally get that, which is great. Like that's fucking awesome. I, I, I don't think there's, I don't think surely nobody would ever expect. Unless there was like bad blood for Edge to like appear anywhere but WWE, like I, right. I, I couldn't imagine that. Like fucking Adam Adam Copeland walks out at fucking like that would be terrible. So Edge is a WWE guy. There's no bad blood there, so there'd be no reason for him to ever appear anywhere else. Well, I mean, so I don't think he's a money guy either. I mean, no, I, I mean, look yeah. at his house. He's got plenty of fucking money. So, well, I mean, obviously it's going to be dumbed down for WWE's you know production. They're not going to give you the full back scoop, but uh, he says on there, he's like, well. Which, you know, they leave mm. it kind of open mm. on the 24. It's like it shows him showing up to the building in mm. Toronto when he speared Elias, his first physical thing, and how it was supposed to be a promo. Mm-hmm. And then he talks about – he doesn't say – I went against what WWE said, but he he gets he says, well, he goes, when you get out there and you're feeling it, you got to take advantage of it while they're hot and not even give time to talk. Mm-hmm. So, I mean – there's a weird like you know in, insinuation that like he gave Elias like the eyes and like hit the spear and then mm-hmm. that was it, and it showed him get backstage, showed Beth being mad, then showed Vince smack him on the ass like sportsman. He's like I had a sportsman, I turned around, and Vince power walking by me. <laughs> so it was very cool. And then um he was talking about he's like so after that, he didn't say EW but he said another company within mm-hmm. the wrestling industry yeah, yeah. made me an offer right. and asked me if I could wrestle. And I said he he basically said I told them. You can make me an offer, but I have to go to Vince. Yeah. So it got me thinking, like, he even says it on there. He goes, I wasn't trying to raise money. Like, I wasn't trying to, like, which he probably was, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably was absolutely it's, battling. It's a, but, your fucking job at the end of the yeah. day, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. He's like, I wasn't trying to get him in a battle, and but, you know, WWE probably asked him to say that. And then um, I, it gets you thinking, it's like, man, like, if AEW is what kind of piqued him, then it's like... What if he would have went to AEW? Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have been the rated R superstar. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have had the name Edge. Like no. all of his accomplishments would just been he would just been a pro wrestling Hall of Famer, Adam mm-hmm. Copeland. You know, it's like it, it wouldn't have been as uh, climactic at, at all. He could have yeah. been Adam Edge Copeland, maybe. But I am super grateful that he got that that Royal Rumble moment. That was amazing. Um, I absolutely loved it. That's such a cool, cool moment. Yeah. Um, 
that being said, going back to I can't remember what else happened on night two. That shitty fucking last man standing match happened on night two. So there you go. I won't watch it. I won't watch it. I'm notorious. I've said it forever that last man standing is bottom three stipulations for me. Absolutely. I do not like it. I abhor it, man. I fucking there is nothing more magical in pro wrestling than the three count from the referee. So when you try to stretch it out to a ten count it is just so monotonous and boring, and they always are way too fucking long. And I think that match was like almost 40 fucking minutes long or something. Like, I don't even remember. I remember thinking, God, this match is too long. And then when I found out how long it actually was, I was like, holy shit, it's even longer than I fucking thought it was. So, the, I, I, the, off the top of my head, the only good last man standing match I have ever seen in my life is Ciampa and Gargano in NXT. Yeah. That is the only one that I can even remember enjoying. I, I think Rock Triple H had one that I, I thought was okay, but like, Ciampa, and the only reason I say Ciampa and Gargano, it didn't have anything to do with them being like indie darlings, as fucking, is because they actually figured out a way to like do a falsy in a fucking last man standing match where Ciampa rolls off the stage onto his feet even though he's handcuffed. Like, that is such a cool moment because you think, oh, there's no way he can get up at the 10 count and then he rolls to his feet and it's like, what? And then Gargano loses. Like, that was a crazy moment. I really liked that. But um, I did not like that last man standing match. They if, they, if it would have been 20 minutes, it would have been too long. But it was closer to 40 and it was way too long. So... I, I hate matches that I can call. Yeah. If, yeah. if I'm watching it and I'm like, this is about to happen, this is about to yeah, happen. Yeah, this, yeah. If I'm calling the you match see before, the shit set up around. I like, hate Yeah, I, I don't like it either. And and I remember, like, it, it, they were on top of that truck, and yeah. I was like, he's going to spear him, he's going to concerto. Of course. That'll be the finish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and she's like, how do you know that? Boom, spear. Yeah, boom, and then, yeah, like, you yeah. grab the chair, and I was like, see? It was just... It was just too much. Now, uh, that being said, like, I'll shit on some of these matches, but everybody worked their ass off at WrestleMania. I think everybody did a great job. I think they did the best they could do with the circumstances they were given. But still, like, oh, man, I would have much rather just seen an in-ring fucking empty arena match between those two and, yeah. and did some, some hardcore shit at, on the floor and and just been done with it. Hit a spear, one, two, three. Like, I, that's what I would have rather seen. So. Yeah. I hope that all this shit gets back to normal and Edge has a fucking badass SummerSlam match with somebody. Like, I hope so. I hope we get Edge and fucking AJ or something. Like, I don't know. But um, anyway, the Royal Rumble moment, I'm so glad he got because he deserved to have that badass moment. If I'm WWE, I hold Edge out until fans come back. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to see him empty shows until then. You know, hold them out, you know, make people believe that was it for him. Yeah. And have someone like Seth Rollins. Sure. AJ Styles. You know, or AJ. Yeah, one like of those that. one of those guys, yeah, yeah. I have a feeling it's gonna be Seth though. You know, yeah. just, just with everything I I texted you last night, I was just, like kinda of spitballing. I'm like, you know, like there's there's still so much edge Christian, you know, Christian mm. didn't really need to retire, but he did. Yeah. All this talk and it's like you know, you have you know Seth Rollins and his cronies. You know, Target Edge, blah yeah. blah. The next week, Christian shows up. You got the Edge and Christian T-shirt back on sale, and yeah, yeah. I could just see that. You know, it like, could it could be. It's definitely something that could happen. It I, could be I, a tag match, sure. one pay per view, and then the next pay per view, it could be you know fucking you know Edge and Seth, and then Edge yeah. could enter the Money in the Bank with the story. You know, like I won the first one, I'll win it again. Yeah, blah, sure. blah, like, you know, which is crazy because like in that again in that documentary, which you both need to watch it. He says that. He's like, yeah, like the doctor said, I have to be a different type of edge. So you won't see any more edge going through tables. And then he goes and does the yeah. last, last man standing. Last man standing. It's like, match. It contradicts yeah. itself. You know? Yeah. 
That's fucking but, um, wrestling, man. I will tell you this much, though, and this is the last thing I'll say about the 24 special, is um, I love how he goes into depth talking about his new logo. Because mm-hmm. apparently he, he makes he hand makes all of his own logos. Like, yeah. all the shit. Like, it shows him sketch on himself. So it's pretty cool. And he's like, yeah, if you look at this logo, he's, he's describing it to, like, you know, the, the team that produces them. He's mm-hmm. like, this is what I want to do. You can make it better. But there's the fangs for the brood, and there's the lightning mm-hmm. bolts for my other gear. I like that, yeah. It's that's so cool. cool. He's like, yeah. my daughter's initials here. He went through this whole deal, like, why this logo? Right, right. And that's the one that we've been seeing in all the shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's awesome. I like it even more now because mm-hmm. of that. For sure, man. Yeah, I love, I love so, personal Anyway, if you haven't watched like the 24 special, go watch it so I don't spoil everything for you. But it is really good. I've watched it twice, so... Right on. Um, if you're if you're an Edge fan, or even if you're not, it'll make you one. You know. Yeah. Sure. Edge is the man. It's fucking awesome. There's also a really good Dash Wilder story in there that you guys need to watch before the network scrubs it. I was gonna say Dash Wilder just left, right? They, they both did. They're gone. Yeah, they're gone. They gone. Changed their names. Cash Wheeler and uh, <laughs> Dax Hardwood. Oh fuck that shit. I, I don't know if I'm a I fan think, of the name. Uh, I think it's. I know Cash Wheeler. His real name's Danny Wheeler. They say that in the Edge documentary. I'm telling you, I really think WWE's going to cut that out of the documentary. So oh, you guys should go watch probably. it. Like, you guys should go watch it like soon. But so, like uh, they scrubbed all of Dean Ambrose out. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, so I better uh, better pause this one up. I think. Uh... All right. So that's WrestleMania. Fuck WrestleMania. It's over. Let's yeah. talk about some. Uh, let's talk about some things that everybody loves, and that's. Uh, the fucking Tiger King. So, oh, no. God. Yeah. So, um, so basically, just to, just to, you know, for you guys, it's been a blink of an eye, but for us, it's been about It's been 30, like three hours. For us, it's been about 30 minutes. So, uh, I've took like four naps. You can tell. My here, battery's here, about to die. Here's the thing. On Instagram the whole is time. you can tell John isn't adaptive to change very well. So we had decided that we're going to start potting after shop hours, okay? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't know that I agree with what you well, just hold said. Hold on, hold ahead, on. Let me finish. Okay, we've decided we're going to start potting after shop hours because, you know, in light of everything going on, we have a lot of call-in orders, blah, blah, blah. Last week was extremely difficult to podcast and do interviews and whatnot, so we decided to break it up. Well, today we're closed for Easter weekend. We've happened to have two random sets of people that are family members of the workers that work here that we have to accommodate. Taking advantage of you. Um, I wouldn't say so. But Definitely, 100%. Bu- business is and always will come first. And, you know, it's just... <laughs> yeah, it's just which doesn't explain why you let your dad in, but still. <laughs> well, my dad was here for about four seconds. So you've been in this shop an entirety longer than my dad's ever been here. That's so true. It's just, it's, just, it's just one of those things. So what I'm getting at is... Uh, in light of all that, in light of helping customers and doing the deal at Atlas Nutrition, Wes has enlightened us that he, in fact, has met Joe Exotic. Right. He's wrestled on a show with Joe Exotic, the Tiger King, and now we want details. So the, the first time I ever went to Texoma Pro, um, I did a uh, what are they, seminar with Cheeseburger from Ring mm-hmm. of Honor. Yep, yep. And Joe Exotic happened to be there. So we, we do this entire seminar, we get through it, and they're like, we're going to pick a few of you to actually work the show. Um, I was in there with uh, Jerome Daniel Griffey, who, like, that's, yeah. that's technically who brought Cheeseburger in, because it was, it was to see if Jerome could go to Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Um, it was them, it was him, Paul Titan, and his partners. These guys look like Excal, but, like, somebody inflated Excal with, like, mm-hmm. a, a lot more steroids than... Excal, you know. if he actually worked out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, these guys are six foot something and massive. Right. Um, and then there's a few others. But uh, 
they come to me later and they're like, hey, we're going to put you in a match. Mm-hmm. I need two partners for you and you guys are going to do a handicap against uh, Titan and his partner. And I just want you guys to know that we're not looking at you whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at them. Nice. And, and I was like, all Thanks. right, whatever, cool. I'll do the job for them. Maybe I impress you with selling or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then as, as we're all hanging out in back, I like look over to this guy being incredibly loud. And so I go over there and I'm like, what the fuck is all this about? And he's over there just telling stories. Yeah. And it happened to be Joe Exotic. And yeah. he is one of the most interesting people I think I've ever met. Yeah. Um, aside from being obnoxiously loud, um, loud enough in fact that people like seated in the crowd could hear him um the stories that he were telling that he was telling uh were just out there like you would swear somebody was making it up mm-hmm. yeah but according to the documentary obviously he didn't yeah like, that shit was like legit happening yeah um the the carol baskin thing like he he was talking about her oh, jesus he wouldn't shut up about her yeah like he hates that woman yeah like so yeah. Did you meet his husband? I didn't. No, I only met Joe. Okay. So when when like the husband stuff came out and stuff like that, like yeah. he didn't talk about him. He didn't. Yeah. So that was that was something. He's probably new looking to at me. all the young wrestlers out there just loving his life. Oh, man, and like he's a hateful person. Is he really? Yes. If if he doesn't like you, just as you walk up to him, he'll let you know. Like, seemed like yeah. a real douchebag from watching the documentaries. So. Yeah, yeah, he's he's not a lovely. I hated either. every character on the entire show except for <laughs> one. There's only one person on the entire show that I found even remotely like bearable, and that yeah. was the legless guy. Oh, the guy with no <laughs> well, legs was, was the only human being on that show. Everyone else was just a turd. You didn't like his husband? With I the mean, three teeth? I mean, fuck it. That motherfucker could eat corn on the cob through a chain link fence. <laughs> I just want to know, like, what the what the producers thinking? Like, hey, uh, come sit over here. Take your shirt off, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. Take your shirt off. Uh, you sit in a bathtub and you uh, do that. I mean, that, they they did a great job. It was fascinating. The whole documentary yeah. was fascinating. I I, I I it took me like three days, I think, to watch it all. But like, I I I absolutely understand why it took the world by storm. But my only my only issue is when. I see people like picking heroes and villains out of the show, and I'm like, Joe Exotic was not the fucking hero. Joe Exotic's a fucking douchebag too. Every one of them's a goddamn piece of shit. Like everyone in that show, except for the legless guy, <laughs> and maybe the the younger guy that was like making the documentary or whatever. I think uh, yeah. he was okay. He was just like, a, oh no, the, he was the. Uh, Campaign manager. The campaign manager. Yeah, yeah. He well, was okay. Watch the guy shoot himself in the head. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was okay. But everyone else in that show, man, was either abusing animals or fucking uh, drugs or each other or fucking everyone. <laughs> man. man. God, Joe Exotic, like he would take any straight guy and try to make him gay. With oh, drugs sure. and- absolutely. Like, so I know people that love Joe. Yeah. Like, yeah. as a human, love Joe, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I can't seem to like him. Of course he's involved in pro wrestling, though. I Absolutely. It, 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 was, it was an interesting night, and that was the only time I've ever wrestled for Tech Summit Pro. Yeah. Right. It was even funnier about, like, that whole thing was uh, a few months down the road, I'm, I'm working at MPX, and I, I'm scrolling YouTube. Sometimes I will YouTube my name to find certain matches that I can't get on the network mm-hmm. um, yet. So I, you know, Wesley Crane versus, and... All of a sudden, I see Wesley Crane debuts at Tech Summit Pro, and I'm like, they straight yeah. up told me they were not looking at me, mm-hmm. and, and they were only looking at them. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, they haven't wrestled for Tech Summit Pro uh, yeah. again either. Nice. So, wow. <laughs> There you go. 
but yeah, um, that it, Joe Exotic, interesting, interesting human being. Absolutely, man. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, you know. There you go. Make Oklahoma proud. Fit hit even harder here for us in Oklahoma. I, I'd never heard of the guy. I was kind of surprised with the lot with the documentary. I was like, I'd never heard of him. Never heard of anything that he had done. Never heard of the the run for president or governor. Or, knew nothing about it. It was completely new to me. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I hate. I've been to some of those drive-through safari things. There's a couple here in Oklahoma, or there used to be. I hope they're not still around. I mean, that probably means the animals are all dead, but still, those places deserve to be shut down. But, like, uh, I've been to a couple of those, and, like, you're there, and you're like, oh, this is cool, I love animals, this is great, but you don't really, you know, when you really start to think about how fucking horribly treated the animals are, it just makes it sad. So, like, I used to love SeaWorld. I used to, fucking SeaWorld used to be my jam, and then, like, fucking that brutal documentary of uh, Blackfish came out. That's, I couldn't even make it through that documentary. Like, yeah. and I, then I had to swear off SeaWorld forever after that. So makes you not want to go to a zoo at all. Absolutely, I, I, I fucking zoos I, are the worst. I've been to the Tulsa Zoo and enjoyed myself, and then I see shows like that, and I'm like, fuck this shit. And the sad thing is, if you get those places shut down, I mean, they pretty much just like have to kill the animals. They don't. They're not it's not like they're going to release them into the wild. They have to go to maybe a, maybe a sanctuary or something like fucking Some Carol Baskin's fucking <laughs> sanctuary or whatever, and they can eat a fucking husband or something. But mm-hmm. other than that, so like John, you're you're a you're a dog guy. Yeah, yeah you for love sure. dogs. For it, sure. The other day was uh, Bones' birthday. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, I have a dog of my own, mm-hmm. and uh, I've even had uh, a few exotic pets. Like I had yeah. a sugar glider, which. I guess yeah. is exotic, yeah. but like yeah, um, it would, for me it would be yeah. I've seen I, them, but yeah, they're like really really cool. However, mm-hmm. the one I owned was incredibly angry. It didn't mm. matter how much love you gave him. Nice. It did like he would just try to bite you right. and like uh, one of the, one of my favorite things it ever did was uh, it like scaled my dad, sat on top of his head, dug its claws into my dad's head, and just pissed down the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> the, the greatest thing ever. And uh, uh, I was talking to my wife the other day, and I was like. I want another exotic pet. And she's like, well, we can get like another sugar glider or something. And I'm like, no, I want a monkey. <laughs> and she goes, can you even own those in Oklahoma? I was like, yes, yes, you can. Yeah. Um, you have to, you have to have a license to own it, but I don't want like this, a, a giant monkey. I don't want like an orangutan or something like that. Chimpanzee to eat your face off. <laughs> I want a finger monkey. Okay. Cause they're tiny and they will like, they just hug your finger and you can walk around on them on your shoulder or whatever. Right, right. Um, like, but, Paul, like Paul and his lizard. Then, <laughs> yeah. But then she reminded me, she's like, you have three kids. You already have three monkeys, so you don't, you don't need another one. Go. And I'm like, how about when the kids are older? Can I get a monkey then? She goes, yeah. I don't give a shit if we move to Montana in a remote location yeah. and get goats. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I'm all about that. I feel like I miss my mark sometimes because I, I, I feel at home on a farm. I need a farm, I think. I just want cows and Instead stuff. of your house. I just want a bunch of cows. Your suburban just like, home. Just like play with. <laughs> your suburban home it's you like got. Play fetch. By the way, did you see the sod I laid out there? Play fetch with some cows. See the what? The saw. Saw. Sod. Oh. Yeah, it looks like shit. Please. <laughs> It'll look good once it fucking turns green. Look at that. Look at that. Mulch garden. Looks right good all together. The whole thing looks way. Looks. I'd, I'd much rather shop here now that it looks like that. Very yeah. well put together. Yep, sure, sure. is. I don't even, it used to just be like dirt and stone. By the way, if anyone's looking for personal training, do not go to Forever Fit Night. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there ain't a lot, there ain't a lot going on right now, anyway. So, I don't know what to tell you. Man, tune so, into John's challenges. He does one every day. So, like, I started working out roughly 2015. Like, mm-hmm. 
when I got into pro wrestling, working out fitness was not yeah, yeah. something that I focused on sure. because I didn't understand the importance of it. Yeah. 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 Um, 2015, I, I break my ankle, break my leg. Mm-hmm. Coming back, I'm like, man, I need to look a lot better. I need to be a little yeah, bit bigger. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I start working out with Skylar Faden and Dimitri Alexandrov. Yeah. Uh, there are pictures somewhere of me in a boot with a broken leg doing deadlifts. Nice. Uh, but I had been working out in the same fashion since then up until I hit you up for programming. Okay, yeah. The first day yeah. that I started doing your programming, I yeah, could yeah. tell a massive difference because the next day I was so sore yeah, yeah. that I didn't want to go to the gym again. Right, right, right. <laughs> and right. my wife was like, in no way, shape, or form are you going to pay for that programming and not go to and the gym. And not go do it, yeah. I hear you. <laughs> so that, that is another, uh, that is a, a, a mental benefit of like purchasing things like that is you feel more obligated to actually do them when you pay for them. So. Absolutely. But I can honestly say that like your programming was such uh, such a change for yeah. me and my body that right on. Um, it, it was incredibly beneficial. Good deal. Um, I like, I like, uh, I like, yeah, yeah. And that, and that, what I, what I wrote for you was more kind of like what I do myself. And, and in terms of like every day is kind of a more or less a full body thing for the most part, every day has a push. Every day has a pull. Every day has a accessories for your, your glamor muscles, like your biceps and whatnot. So like, uh, and then, and then there's some conditioning and whatnot. So like, I I like to mix it up, man. I, I like things that are different. I don't like the traditional split. I don't like leg day, arm day, back day. I don't like that. It doesn't work for me. So I assume that it doesn't work for some other people. And there you go. That's how I kind of base my, my, my stuff out. Sure. It's it's a lot of functional stuff. I'm actually really enjoying these home workouts. Are you? You know, it's, um, I don't, I don't know how to put it. And Mm. it's not, it's not to sound like, bitchy or anything mm-hmm. but it's like when you get in a consistent consistent mm-hmm. schedule of going to the gym um which i was telling you before like when i was mm-hmm. doing thunder bro with you and stuff it's like four or five days a week mm-hmm. every week almost for a full year yeah, um, yeah i was doing it it's like it became part of your routine but yeah. it became like a necessity so you'd have to you know budget your life around it mm-hmm. to get it in otherwise you just don't work out right um, but this whole coronavirus thing has made you improvise. Yeah. You know, at least me, sure. made me improvise. And it's like, I wouldn't say I enjoy not having that because, you know, I definitely like having the different equipment. But yeah, it's yeah, nice yeah. to be able to lump in, you know, some home workouts with your everyday schedule. Sure. It almost frees up more time. It's like, I've spent more time at the lake in the last, you know, three mm-hmm. weeks. Like, just going there to do my cardio. Like, walking the lake, playing disc golf, carrying some dumbbells around, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Just... You know, and then my legs are shot, my arms are shot, I'm sweating. I'm like, this has got to be good, you know, compared to, like, it is. just going to the gym and getting on the treadmill for 20 minutes and Dif- hating different. your life. Different is good. And I, I like, I've, I've said, like, if you can find it within yourself to be like, I'm going to succeed in my fitness goals, even during this trying time, even with just these fucking resistance bands and, and a dumbbell, like, if you can find it within yourself to force yourself to adapt and uh, succeed, then when you do get back in the gym, you're gonna have an entirely different perspective. And it's a good perspective. I spent my entire build for OKX last year, the entire build was in my garage, everything. I worked out in nowhere but my garage. And then when I got access to a full gym, I was like, oh wow, like it entirely changed my perspective on what I could and couldn't do within the gym. And I mean, I, I don't know. Once you experience it, you'll kind of know what I'm talking about. But like, it's just it's 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 eye opening. So uh, it kind of frustrates me when I see people just like dying because they don't have access to a fucking cable machine or something. 
um, I promise you, you can succeed. So, man, when this whole thing like uh, all started, like the coronavirus mm-hmm. thing, and gym started shutting down and stuff like yeah. that, I was um, a couple weeks into the programming you wrote, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah. And, yeah, and it was incredibly frustrating. And at that point, we had already moved back to Tulsa, right? Um, and and I was sitting there, I was like, man, this is where like my home gym would have really come in handy because yeah. when we were in Bristow, I had a Smith machine, mm-hmm. I had cable crossover, yeah, I yeah, had yeah. lower, I had everything I needed. Yeah, I didn't need to go to a gym, right? Um, because I had it in my house. Uh, since we moved to Tulsa, I don't have that anymore. Yeah, and I went back to go get it just to find that it was all stolen. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, uh, and, and about that time, you had dropped the at home stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, the Never Be Game Over program, yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So um, I've been enjoying the Never Be Game Over right on. program quite a bit. It's good stuff, man. If uh, I'm, I'm saying like that program that I wrote is is meant for if you've got like two sets of dumbbells, like you can you can do it and get some decent results. You know, it, it'll work awesome if you've got multiple sets of dumbbells. But I mean, it is what it is, man. If anybody's ever interested, all you gotta do is hit me up. I'll uh, I'll talk to you about all that. But uh, I think we should. Uh, Let's let's diverge. I know there's a couple other topics on my mind. I want to I want to speak briefly um, about uh, tattoos, as a okay. matter of fact. So let's talk about your tat, man. Let's talk about your hand tat you just got. I like it. I uh, dig it. What's you, the inspiration? You. Where'd so, you get it? All that good stuff. Give me the full dish. So uh, before I had a wolf on my hand, it yeah, did yeah. not cover very mm-hmm. much area. It was just line work. I don't not even a whole remember lot of it at all. Then it was yeah. horrible. There we go. Um, I had just got it right before the first OKX. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah. So fast forward, coming up on OKX two, yeah. uh-huh. um, I, I looked down at it. I I had been hating it. Yeah. Uh, and my wife was like, "Well, let's go get it covered up then. Right your birthday's coming up. Let's go get it covered yeah, up." Yeah. I was like, "Cool." Uh, I hit up several tattoo artists. Um, one of them being the same guy that did your work. Really? Yeah, 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 Matt. Yeah. And he was like. I can definitely do it. I really, I would love to do it. Yeah. Here's, here's the only thing is you're going to be waiting till like yeah. April, May, June. I always book him out. Like it's usually like three to four months at a time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, very busy. and I was like, well shit at that, at that mm-hmm. point, OKX would have already happened. Yeah. And I want something yeah, yeah. different. I don't yeah. want that, you know? So, uh, I went back to the same guy that did my bicep piece and my wife's, uh, rib piece. Mm-hmm. Um, nice family friend, uh, dude's done solid work. Uh, so went to him and he's like, I can get you in like this Sunday. Nice. I was like, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, went in and I was like, I just want uh, a, a skull. I want it to represent the, the dead tattoo underneath kind okay. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we decided on a like acid drip skull going down my yeah, hand yeah. with a worm coming across the face kind it. of yeah. thing. Uh, and then the last second piece that I added the night before was uh, stay true across my knuckles. I find myself to be influenced by people uh, too much, and it always ends up in a, in a yeah. bad way for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, something to remind myself to uh, to stick to my guns, stick there to my go. beliefs uh, across my knuckles, stay true. Right on, man. Now, you also have a tattoo on your back of your, back of your neck, like between your shoulders, the yeah. Ink Master, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Give us that story. So... Uh, a couple years ago, I I decided shits for uh, for shits and giggles that mm-hmm. I would sign up to be on Ink Master, mm-hmm. um, and like six weeks went by, and I didn't hear anything. I was like, cool, I, I just forgot about it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I get a, a random phone call. We pull into Walmart parking lot, fucking ten at night, and a random phone call, and they're like, hey, is this is this Wesley? And I was like, uh, yeah. 
and they're like, cool. Um, this is so-and-so from Ink Master Angels. Uh, could you be in Oklahoma City tomorrow at 11? And I was like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. any plans that I did have that day right. immediately dropped. Yeah. Uh, went to Oklahoma City. They fed us. Uh, free tattoo. The guy that did mine is uh, Muse. Uh, he used to have a shop in Oklahoma City, and he has now relocated to Africa with the rest of his family. Nice. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, it was a... Not too far away. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, was, it was about a three-hour tattoo. However, in the show, I want to say they said it was like two hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the midst of all of this tattooing, they're calling out time cues at random yeah. times just to get the footage. And I remember uh, toward the end of it, they were like, hey, we need to get just some B-roll of you guys tattooing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So is there, uh, could you guys empty all the ink out of your needles and just tattoo with a dry needle? And I remember like immediately like pulling my head up and looking back at Muse and he goes, I just want you to know this is going to hurt a lot. And I was yeah. just like, all right, man, bring it on. So uh, he chose like the, the least sensitive part of my back to, to do the dry tattoo. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was, a, it was a really cool experience. Um, but yeah, the tattoo is of a Buddhist monk sitting there very calmly. Uh, as a tornado hurls toward him and just throwing yeah. crazy shit. They're like, there's a bicycle in there and all sorts nice. of stuff. So did they, was, who, who chose that? He did. So uh, what's I, the theme of the show? Tornadoes. Since okay. they were doing it in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. um, tornadoes was the theme of the show. Okay. It, it sucks because my guy was the first to get eliminated. Um, even though I truly believe that I have the best tattoo out of everybody that got tattooed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one guy got a, just a, just a tornado. Like, yeah. nothing else in yeah. it. It was just the tornado on his thigh. And then somebody got a heart with a tornado, because mm-hmm. Oklahoma, um, on their calf. Yeah. Uh, but they said that my tattoo, the, the main focus wasn't the tornado. And mm. so I guess I could, I could probably see that. I mean, I've seen your tattoo, and, like, you know, I guess when you think Oklahoma, you don't think of a monk. Right. So maybe that's what they thought of. But, no, I like, I like the piece. I love how it's circular, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, only th- the only problem I have with it being circular is I plan to get my entire back done. Mm-hmm. And there's not a whole lot yeah. you can do with a perfect circle in the center of well, your you back. Well, you can put um, Carol Baskin's little headpiece around it. That'd be yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Well, you got any, you got any future, uh, I guess you just said you gotta, you're going to extend the back piece a little bit. You got any current yeah. plans? I guess the world's kind of, tattoo business is unfortunately non-essential. So sure. some black market tattoos. I, uh, 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 my next appointment was June 19th, I believe. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if the world's back to normal by then. I don't know how he's going to do it because, you know, Matt's always so booked up that sure. I, I don't know if he's just going to have to adjust all appointments and push everything back or, or what. But, yeah, my next appointment is set for June 19. But He could I, be tattooing right now before, before you know. Well, he's at home. Well, well, if he is, he's not posting much about it. But right. I don't really want to go to his living room and get a tattoo. <laughs> the, the barber the, comes here and cuts my hair. That's the, the next uh, thing I have planned is to, is to actually take my hand piece and extend it up. I yeah. want to have my arm done before I move on to my back or my chest or my right. neck or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but I, I fully plan to uh, get a lot of ink done. Yeah. Um, with... OKX2 coming up, I decided to go a different route on gear. Yeah. I'm not going to be in trunks. So, um, and, and I don't know if I'm going to carry that into the future, but mm. um, part of the reason I decided to go with tights this time around was because I had started planning uh, leg sleeves. Mm. I want to have my legs fully done. Um, I love tattoo, body modification, um, all that good stuff. Mm. Uh, I remember being 16 years old, watching something on uh, on A and E, and my dad's like, "Hey, what do you want to do for your birthday?" And I told him that I wanted to go do um, 
I wanted to go do uh, skin hanging. Mm-hmm. Basically, they drive these giant hooks into your back and your quads and stuff like that, and you hang. And uh, strange guy, Wes. It, <laughs> it, is, it is something that he like. As soon as I said it, looked at me and was like, "Huh?" Because <laughs> he he didn't see me into that kind of thing until I started getting yeah. eighteen, nineteen, twenty. It's and not then, a lot of people into skin hanging. I don't think anymore. I don't think so. Yeah, like. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm an interesting honestly. I mean, as a big fan of like Hellraiser, I'm not into skin hanging either. So, <laughs> you know, actually, as a big fan of tattoos that I love, I love tattoos. I, I have multiple tattoos, and they're all rather large, and they all take long sessions. Every single second of me getting tattooed is miserable. I hate it. It's yeah. painful. It's agonizing. By the end of this back tattoo, I just recently got started. Like I was like, I look back at Matt, and I'm like, I'm about. Four minutes away from bursting into tears. I just want you to know that. And he's like, we're almost done, brother. I promise. But I do not enjoy pain. I take it like a champ, but I, I don't enjoy it at all. So I'm the go. I'm the complete opposite. Yeah. Um, the the only way I know how to describe it is that like I've got a pain fetish. Like yeah, yeah. I love the mm-hmm. feeling of pain because it makes me feel alive. I have, I have a pain yeah. tolerance, but I have no desire to ever feel it whatsoever. Not at all. Like when I'm in the ring, I'm. I wouldn't say that I'm stiff, but I'm very mm-hmm. snug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's yeah. laid in. Um, sure. Chair shot. should be. Yeah. I, I don't like putting yeah. my hand up with chair shots. I'll, mm. I'll kind of turtle in and, and take it. Um, I, I like the feeling. Uh, because there, there's a lot of moments in life where I feel numb mm-hmm. to everything going on. There's, I, there's not a lot of feeling there. So when pain hits, I, I feel alive. Mm. However, I will say with this hand tattoo, yeah, yeah. toward the end of it, I was I was definitely being I, I was like all right I'm I'm ready for this to be done yeah yeah because yeah, this yeah. it doesn't matter what it is like the knuckles yeah, yeah. are sensitive between the very, fingers suck mm, like yeah but yeah That's pain crazy. fetishes there you go man skin hanger I know what I'm fucking naming this episode now <laughs> skin hanger is insane fucking skinhangers.com I I still plan to do that but I want to I want to yeah. find a time where uh, I'm able to do it because mm. right now it's not that'll be <laughs> your that'll be your uh, yeah. that'll be your 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 entrance at OKX will be Jesus. you fucking sliding out on a zip line but there's just yeah. hooks <laughs> hooked into well, your um, fucking neck meat on the on the wrestling side, I will say that you and I wrestled recently. I think it was like six months ago or something like something, that. Yeah. And it was very much like we didn't plan a whole lot. We, w- we went we went in the back and we talked through a little couple of trades and whatnot. And it wasn't anything crazy. It was designed to be a match that was leading up to me and John. So we were just going to try to get that point across. And actually, it was a match that was supposed to set up you and JD. But, you know, John broke his leg later on that night. Yeah. Uh, remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeremy Heat with a TKO. Um, but... We were doing the match, and you and I had a trade spot in there. And then you and I started trading, and yeah. then, like, you know, you hit me real hard one time. I was like, okay, cool. So I hit, I hit you real hard, and you hit me harder, and I hit you harder. Yeah. And you hit me hard. Next thing I know, we were throwing, like, points of our elbows at each other. And I just remember at the end, I was just like, man, it's a really good trade. And, like, we went through the bicycle kick, did the double spot. Then we got to the back and talked about it, and, you know, we were both talking about it. Because that, that fires me up. You know, yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. it gets that realism. I hate weak-ass yeah, yeah. trades and, like, Same. you know. When I, when I get hit and rocked, it just kind of, like, it boosts my adrenaline, and it, it makes the rest of the match better. Sure. So, no, I, I totally get you on that. You go into almost like a fight-or-flight mode, mm-hmm. and uh, in, in, in the business that we are in, flight is not an option. Right. You're, you're there, just go. Plus, you're not going to, you know, at least, at least me and you're probably the same way, and John, it's like, 
we're not going to back down. If yeah. someone hits me hard, it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, sorry, brother, and give them a little potato, sure. a little weak potato back. It's like, no, I'm going to fucking lay it in just as hard. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are. It's like, it's just, it's just to let you know I'm there. You yeah, know? We've like, told, oh, you got me. I'm we've, you too. We've talked about that fucking notorious WFC six-man ad nauseum on here, but that's the match where Aaron Anders got frustrated and started, like, taking all his frustrations out on my chest with fucking chops <laughs> so I completely quit selling stood up and headbutted him as hard as I could right in the face and I was just like I was so mad in the moment that I did it like hoping I would just shatter his goddamn face and uh, then I snapped out of it you know but that's that's that shit man all it does is fire you up like mm-hmm. and and uh, usually when you're in there with someone that you are friends with is when you you get the most fucking gnarly so that's that is what it is man all right, craziest spot you've ever agreed to take uh, craziest spot I've ever agreed to take. Or the, came up with on your own, because you probably were the one that yeah. fucking came up with it. <laughs> so the, the Sunset Flip Powerbomb through the, the Tower of Chairs stands out, yeah, yeah. Um, because yeah. I fully knew I was going to hit the floor. Yeah. Because um, he hit the chairs first. Yeah. He hit the chairs, and the chairs spread. Yeah. Uh-huh. The only chair I connected with was the back of my head to one chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of me hit the floor. Nice. Um, uh, past that, I think... I took a shotgun drop kick into uh, ropes that had barbed wire across them. Nice. Um, that stands out. But mm-hmm. past that, like, I I don't know. I haven't done a whole lot of crazy, crazy spots. Everything seems pretty normal to me. Yeah. Um, something that I did At come up with. Safer, re- yeah. Some, something that I came up with recently um, that I didn't realize had been done years ago. Yeah. Uh, I, did a, I did an I Quit match with James Johnson, who, if you don't know who James Johnson is, he's who came up with the Eclipse. Mm. He originally called it the O-Face. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, he came up with that move. Um, we did the I Quit match. The ending was I taped him up uh, to, the, to the post yeah. and pulled out a car battery. And nice. I was going to electrocute him. Yeah, I've seen that. And, uh, and, and so, the, like, that was, like, the craziest visual spot. Um, I never, like, got really close to, the, yeah. to him. But uh, somebody pointed out that, like, Shane McMahon and Kane did that in, yeah. like, 2003. And I, to- like, that totally spaced in my mind. Like, I was yeah, yeah. not thinking WWE whatsoever. Um, I was just like, what would a serial killer do yeah. in a moment to where he needs somebody to say, I quit, nothing else is put yeah, away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, try to fry him. It's a good uh, one. So, the, but, uh, um, my very last backyard wrestling match, my very last one, I don't, I don't know what year that would have been, somewhere in the 05, 06 era, I guess, or something probably, um, I had a death match. The only death match that I've ever non-officially participated in. Um, uh, and uh, or we build it as a death match at least you know so we did not I, I had hidden a uh, a few trinkets under the ring and we had we had taken our backyard ring and completely like wrapped the whole thing in barbed wire everything was barbed wire the posts the ropes everything was wrapped in barbed wire and uh, we had chairs wrapped in barbed wire kendo sticks wrapped in barbed wire and I had hidden a few trinkets under the ring including a homemade barbed wire cat of nine tails which was just like a handle with nine whip length strands and I'm talking like way too long like I was I was way too ambitious they were probably like three feet each they're super long strips of barbed wire that we beat the fuck out of each other with and uh, I was always like 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 I would come up with spots like that and I, I wrestled like in a fucking like 
like a full get up in the backyard so i looked like fucking roman reigns basically so I, i'm such a bitch because like i bring out the cat of nine tails everybody else is shirtless and i'm wearing a fucking like vest and shit but uh um yeah 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 that's the gnarliest thing that i've probably ever done anywhere near a wrestling ring and that was not official that was fucking backyard wrestling that was bullshit wrestling so even though we probably had a bigger crowd than most of the fucking <laughs> real shows that I was in, a part of. So, so what, what is your stance on uh, death matches? And, I, I, I totally like them as a spectacle, like, attraction. Like, if it's, um, if it's billed towards a huge death match as, like, the blow-off, oh, fuck yeah, I sign me up. If it's like, here's you a card, every match is death match every week, every year, I don't give a fuck about that. I right. don't care about... It, you know, it, it takes the special. I don't care it. about body mutilation and all that, sh- and trying to one up each other like old school CZW every show. Like I don't give a shit about that, or even the more hardcore ones. I do love taking two fucking brutal ass wrestlers who have a no DQ match that goes to one finish, then they have an I quit match that goes to another finish, and then and then that's like you know what? The only way we can solve this is a death match, and then they, you build to a huge death match, and it's just then you bust out the light tubes and the cinder blocks and the barbed wire and all that shit. I love that. Sure. Love that. But not every show, not every match. I don't like deathmatch cards. I, I know that. I'm not a fan of that. So, like, while I was holding the MPX title, mm-hmm. this is something that I got, like, incredibly bored of mm-hmm. and, uh, and something I did not like. When I won that, they threw the idea that uh, every match I would be part of, there are no rules. Mm. I set the rules anytime I'm yeah, in the yeah, ring. Yeah. It was Wesley's way. Right, right. Um, I found myself trying to come up with unique wrestling spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To not even use weapons because right. I got so tired of chairs. I yeah, got tired yeah. of this and that because they had seen it already. Yeah. It's, 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 I mean, it's just so the WWE does it themselves. Like, there's a Hell in a Cell pay per view every year. Why? Why the fuck is there an event dedicated to that match? Why don't you build to that match out of nowhere? You know what I mean? Like, you don't have an event called Hell in a Cell. You get a feud that needs to lead to bringing that match back for one time only, you know, even if it is once a year. Like, and you don't have multiple Hell in a Cell matches on one show. Like, I I don't like that. I like the build. I like the circumstances of the blow-off. That's what I want. That's what makes it special. Not, like, I can go look at the WWE calendar right now, and I can know that Money in the Bank is in, you know, fucking August. So, I know that I'm going to see a multi-man ladder match in August. I don't like that. I would rather... You get a bunch of people feuding against each other, and then the general manager comes out and says, you know how we're going to settle this with this match out of nowhere. Not, I already saw it on the calendar months ago, and I knew it was coming. Like, right. I, I, I want it to be the blow-off. I want it to be a build. So, Special. So, the, in, in my opinion, they should do away with the Hell in the Cell paper. Mm-hmm. Bring back a Judgment Day or an Armageddon. Absolutely. And yeah. then... And then I'm, I'm all on board with that. Hell with, yeah. Without a doubt. Um, make it special. Make it unique. And don't fucking try to build it like that and then have multiple ones on one show I can't stand that either I don't even like the Royal Rumble that way I I, I, I think it's almost okay but then again I wish one year would be the women's and the next year would be the men's yeah. like or and it doesn't even have to be even they could be fucking two men's in a row two years in a row just uh, it, it depends on where the feud is if the women have a solid like these are the two women that are going to be feuding 
and we know that, and these are who need to be at WrestleMania, there's no need to have a Royal Rumble and then put this one over as the winner when you know it was going to lead there in the entire time in the first place. And then if you have a men's Royal Rumble where you're not sure who the number one contender is going to be because Brock Lesnar is killing everybody and then Drew McIntyre wins, that's special. That's cool. Sure. That's great. You know, We fucking knew that goddamn Charlotte was going to WrestleMania. Like, I didn't need her to win that match. Even if it was cool and it had some cool moments and whatnot, you don't have to... The whole, like, evolution or the equal rights men and women thing, like, it kind of starts reversing on itself when you start being like well we do this for the men so we better do it for the women and then you have to do that every show like right. you need to just be give them both equal treatment as far as like uh, attention to detail goes you don't yeah. have to give them all okay so we got elimination chamber so we know we're going to have at least two we got to have a men and a women's and we got a hell in a cell so we got to know we got to have two we know we're going to have two money in the bank so we got to have two of this and that i just i'm i'm not i'm not in for that man i don't like it okay. make it special so, uh, Josh, you yep. you asked me about my crazy spots. We got yep. the story of uh, yeah, John's yeah. backyard death. Yeah, what, yeah. What's the craziest thing you've done? Okay, so as far as crazy, I'm not big into you know deathmatch. I'm not big into bleeding. I, think I, I know like, what I would pick for him. It's yeah. not it's not my thing. Now I will say every time I've jumped through a table, mm-hmm. thoughts went through my head of like, oh man, like I probably I probably elbow drop ten tables yeah. in wrestling. Um, and every time I do that, it's like, man, like you hear the horror stories, you know, yeah, so yeah. you don't know. So I'd say all those are a little scary. But if there's two spots like off the top of my head, Tommy like, Dean slashed his neck open. Both of yeah. them, both of them happened in the UWE ring. It's yeah. uh, one of them is mine and Brad's ladder match. Yeah. That would be to me. That would be the number yeah. one. Mine and Brad's ladder match, um, where which I, I totally pitched it. And we've talked yeah. about it on the here, sunset but flip through the ladder. I wanted the sunset Gnarly. flip through the ladder um the one that finn balor did that's a crazy spot if it goes off perfectly it's a crazy bump it's a crazy spot yeah yeah Yeah. yours did not go off perfectly so (laughs) brad brad went to the side the ladder i used was too short and it ended with me almost brad didn't even do it but i took the bump and i basically Mm. took a power bomb from the top of the ladder and instead of me hitting a ladder i wrapped my neck around the top rope yeah yeah and i gave myself whiplash and you know it was it was absolutely brutal but I recovered, thank God. And then the other one, which I totally agreed to, and again, was my idea, was when I let John hit me with the missile drop kick while I was oh, standing yeah, yeah. on the chair. See, on paper, that one doesn't seem too bad, I don't think. It but it bad. definitely turns out bad for both of us. It's a stiff move to take. Yeah. Especially, like, you know, if if you hit someone, that, like, for me, for example, you hit me in the right place, mm-hmm. like, it almost, it jolted me so much, it kind of, like, froze up my arms and my legs to mm-hmm. where I couldn't even bump off the chairs. I just kind of gingerly kind of just fell off the chairs. Right. Like, yeah, right. I took the kick, and it stunned me so hard, I was kind of, like, and just kind of fell forward. I was having trouble feeling bad for you as I fucking yeah. powerbombed myself. John did go through the chairs. chairs. You know, you almost made it up to me, though, because they showed that match recently. That's the chair you used to hit the kill shot on Yeah, me. yeah, yeah. And yeah. that chair was jagged, and there was pieces of metal yeah. sticking out, and that could have slipped my face open. Yeah. Or... So... I, I totally forgot about this spot, and this was literally the last wrestling spot I did before yeah. all this craziness happened. Mm-hmm. Um, to to take the MPX title off of me, I had already beaten Hardakis, who hadn't he, he'd only been beaten one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so in order to do that, we had to come up with something fairly big sure. to take me yeah. out. And uh, his Dave Sagan's finisher is uh, called the Hailstorm. It's, it's the rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, you've already hit me with it. I've already kicked out. Mm-hmm. What can we do? Okay, table. I've never gone through a table. I really want to go through a table. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. And then the promoter was like, no, because the match uh, before you've you. never using, gone through a table? Never gone through a table. Wow. Yeah. Um, he was like, the promoter was like, no, because a match before you is using a table. I was like, okay, fine. Uh, how, how more brutal can I make this? 
let's do it through a ladder. And, yeah, yeah. and, and Dave was like, okay, cool. So just hailstorm through the ladder. I was like, no, you're going to hailstorm me from the top rope through the ladder. Nice. And he goes, are you sure? I was yeah. like, yeah, dude, I'm coming up with the, I'm coming up with the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no reason for me to pitch this if I'm not going to go through yeah, with it. Right. And I remember being up there in the moment. He hooks me, and I was like, oh, this is going to suck. He's like, let's go. <laughs> and uh, yeah. we crashed through, and I can honestly say it was like the softest bump of the match. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I came out dressed as his girlfriend for my yeah. entrance. Like, <laughs> skin face, wig, uh, the crop top with her name on it, and nice. all sorts of shit. I know the I know the 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 actual gnarliest bump that I've ever taken, which I'm I'm almost certain I've talked about on here before, was the the one winged angel off a ladder. Yeah, that, that was, was the, gnarly. That was the most awful. Like, I had nightmares about it the week before. Like, I, I had I had horrible dreams about taking that move. I was so not looking forward to it. It was one of the very few times I wanted to say no, but I didn't. And uh, yeah, I, Fury gave me the one winged angel off of a ladder and yeah it was, and you know as it happened it wasn't too terrible it was just a, a gross high back bump but uh um the thought of it oh man just disgusting like now, scary now you've had nightmares about a few spots um, uh that's the one that sticks out that and the, the cage right oh yeah 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 the cage with well, the, the the table in the cage right. like I, I had a lot of fears that as Tim rolled off the table. It was going to fall over and land sideways, and I was going to land on that. But uh, um, yeah, Basically so I had a little, Batman yourself. A lot of yeah, a lot of fear <laughs> in that. I got over that fear because I was like, well, I would have elbow. That's my last match, so I guess uh, um, I guess if if it hurts me or kills me or something, what, what's it matter? I don't have to be back next week, so fuck it. But uh, um, uh, just weird wrestler men- mentality. But uh, yeah, that one. Fucking! I was trying to think when he said like he's never been through a table. I'm I'm sitting here trying to think like, have I ever been through a table? I've done plenty of table spots, but have they ever broken when I've done them? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Fucking! Josh tried to elbow drop me through a table. It didn't break. I tried to f- do the swanton off the cage. It broke the table, but I did not go through that table. It right. just broke it. You hit me with the Blu-ray and barely broke that thick ass. Yeah, table. that was. And then, uh, but yes, I have. Um, Anarchy fucking superplexed me through a table once, and it shattered perfectly. So I know I, I know I've at least done that spot, but. But uh, anyway, what's a uh, this? Uh, this just made me think of it. This is another like gross spot, but um, um, this is this goes on a different list of mine. Um, can you think of a particular thing that you regret, like in wrestling? And I, I'm not trying to get like broad, like oh, I regret that I, you know I didn't spend that money on my kid's school or nothing. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like, is there something that you've done in a ring where you've been like, fuck, why did I do that, or why didn't I do it this way? I'll give you an example. Cause I'm gonna give you mine. So. This is one of my biggest wrestling regrets ever. Um, I had a huge match. It was a uh, showdown something at UWE. It was me and my wife versus um, uh, the KC Wolves, Luke and Graham. Uh, big tag team match. Awesome match. Love it. We all revere it to this day. Actually, now that I think about it, I don't think it was showdown. It was the main event of some other event. But anyway, anyway, all that aside, I wanted to take a Falcon Arrow off the apron to the floor. I was like, Luke, I want you to give me the Falcon's arrow from the apron to the floor. It was something I'd seen Kenta and uh, uh, fuck Marfuji do before or whatever. I was like, oh, I want to do that. And he's like, okay, man, you know, it's going to be a sick bump. And uh, I just remember we went for it and we did it, but it was more like a fucking, I did not post for him at all. I didn't jump for him at all. I was so scared of it. Even though I came up with the bump, I was so scared of it. And I always regret watching that. It basically just looks like he's, 
I don't know. It's almost like just a, a, a shitty hip toss or something. I don't, I don't know what to call it. He does fine. He goes all out, lands on his ass, and I land on my back, but didn't get that beautiful height and the turn right. into the – like, I regret that so much that I didn't, like, balls up for that, that bump. Because it wasn't even a – it's like one of those those – those semi-soft gym floors like it's like it's yeah. not hardwood so it really wasn't that bad it's like i was doing it onto concrete or anything so right it was, i it was, regret not going all out for that spot it, it's it's almost like doing it onto the padding that uwe does yeah have yeah 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 something like that so sure. you ever have any instance like that where you were like man i could have bumped that so much better or i could have i should have pushed harder to do it this way instead of that way you know or uh, like several things come to mind um just because i remember I, I remember having these these hardcore matches at mpx mm-hmm. and just being like fuck i should have just done it i should have yeah, yeah, not yeah. even worried about it um even though i did have to be back next week yeah, yeah. um but the biggest one the biggest one was probably i i did a i did a dive and nobody was going to catch me Mm. But they have padding out there. Right. So instead of doing the over-the-top flip that I had planned on doing, yeah, yeah. I kind of did this weird raven, fl- the, the, the raven dive where he would just kind of toss his body over the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and everybody yeah. split. Right. And uh, I remember, like, rotating way too many times to where I basically landed on one side of my body with my yeah. hand and my knee catching me. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, man, that looked like a fucking shit fall. Right. Like, it wasn't impressive. It wasn't like, oh, God. Right. It, it, was, it was just like, eh, okay. Yeah. It wasn't climactic. And I wish I would have just fucking done the just flip. Just went balls out and went for it. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Absolutely. Anything popped to your mind? A-Royal? Uh, let's see. Off the top of my head, Tommy and I were having a, uh, a big payoff match at BPW. You and I were actually a part of that. Um, I don't know if this was the actual match or if this is a different time I wrestled him there, but um, you and I invaded the show, first mm-hmm. time ever at BPW, had a lot of buzz, mm-hmm. big crowd, and um, I went and bought four chairs, Yeah. and I wish I would have done it from the second row, but we did a standing suplex, Yeah. and instead of it being a you know one of those big Bret Hart style ones where they get you up rotate and then yeah, you, know, yeah, you come yeah. crashing down through the chairs it was more of like a snap suplex right so when I was snap suplexed on the four chairs I just kind of like I hit them and then I just kind of forward rolled off of them yeah, didn't really yeah. make an impact I actually gave those chairs to Wes after the show because they were just fine <laughs> but um but yeah it's like you know I wish I would have done that from the second rope or whatever I regretted that I also kind of regret I wouldn't say I phoned it in but I definitely Wish I would have taken more advantage of my triple threat I had with Nasty and Fuego at World Class. Oh, yeah. Was it the show with nine people in the crowd? Yeah, that was the show that you were supposed to wrestle. Yeah, I was supposed to wrestle like Gino or something. And then that backed out, and then it was supposed to be me, you, and Nasty and a triple threat. Right. And then they changed it to me, Nasty, and Fuego. And on the fly, like, you know, they called. They wanted me to do a Ric Flair bump from the top rope. And, like, you know, I took it very gingerly. And I was just like, man, like, I'm not. I'm in front of nine people. I'm not about to hurt myself for, you know, the regular show. And then I got to the back, and Tim was like, "Hey, it was really good. I loved all your heel work, but you can tell you protected yourself on a couple of those things." And I'm like, I remember at the time I was defensive because I was like, I was like, "Fuck! Like, of course I am. Like, it's nine people here." But in retrospect, that was my last time working for World Class. So even if it was nine people, I wish I would have got the footage. No oh, right? man. Sometimes but, you have to. And I know you feel that way, but you should really save those big bumps for like you know important companies. Yeah. And stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, I have a question. Shit. I have a question for both of you. Is there no somebody one from there anyway? So. Is there somebody that you know, no matter what night it is, how many people are in the crowd, but mm-hmm. you guys are going to go out there and you immediately click and are going to give a crazy performance? 
Oh, like an opponent? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, do, you, yeah, do you have a, a name? Uh, yeah, Nasty is obviously yeah. the, like, the one for me. Like, I, I, n- I never, ever have to worry about it with Nasty. I know that just for some reason we click like that. I think that he clicks with me more than he clicks with anyone. I, I really, truly believe yeah. that, and I'm, I'm the same. Um, and, um, I mean, like, we even I even have a situation, like, where it was like, we had the WFC show where it was it was supposed to be myself versus Breaker and, and Breaker got sick in the middle of the match and actually ran to the back room like and the match was just gone and I'm just standing there like a deer in headlights like what just happened like this big championship yeah. match is over because is he coming back and he just he disappears to the back room and um, so all I the only thing I know to do is I, I stick my head behind the curtain and I see Mr. Nasty and I see that he's all geared up and I go Bobby, I'm going to get on the mic. I need you to cut me off. And I run back to the ring, and he's just standing there like, me and him are not even in a feud or anything right now. And he's, he's just looking at me like, what did he just say? And I run back to the ring, and I get on the microphone. And then before I know it, Nasty hits the ring, and he hits me. And he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I said, oh, it's easy. Boom. I said, reverse this spin kick. You know, it's just like, boom, boom. Like, it was. it's just something so easy. Yeah. And in a million years, he never thought he was going to be in the ring with me that night, nor did I with him. And And – the situation called for it it happened i mean so nasty's the yeah. easy go-to answer for me okay. the easy answer for me would be jd but the thing is with jeremy is that he and i work well together mm-hmm. and we've had really good matches together but we've had more more ones that we're not happy with than we have ones that we're happy with mm-hmm. i think a lot of it is jeremy and i are so similar in like size and style it's like I'm not going to make his shit look the best, and he's not going to make my shit look the best. Like, sure. I'm not going to post the best on the TKO, and he's not going to post the best on a Brain Buster. So it's like, you know, we're both better against guys that are smaller than us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have, have had good matches when the story calls for it. But on the fly, easy. Jeremy's the easy answer, I want to say. But I have to say Tommy Dean, probably. Yeah. I think I've had more matches with Tommy Dean than anybody, and good, I've, I've been happy with all of them. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, Tommy's great. And also, like, I'd like to wrestle you again, Wes, because <laughs> you and I have really good chemistry in that just one little small match we had. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I can honestly say it's probably Malico. Yeah. We could show up and have this crazy, crazy match, um, no matter what night it is, right, right. And, and both be decently happy with it and, uh, and, and be 100% fine and ready to do it again directly yeah, right after. Uh, except for that OKX match. Yeah. We, we both came back and laid out on, on this trailer, yeah, 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 and we yeah, were yeah. just like, yeah. thank well, God. Yeah, that was you, don't, you, don't, yes, so you don't go out every weekend and do those, so that's okay. Right. You know, that's, that's, those are special occasions. For no, sure. that, was, that was good. Really good match. Um, but, one, yeah. one more question I have yeah, what's up? for you what's guys. Up? Uh, do you guys enter your uh, character persona? Everything you do, mm-hmm. does it have a meaning or... Or uh, or is it is it pre thought out? Or is what do you what do you mean? Like for example, what do you what do you think? Like, everything I do, mm-hmm. I mean down to licking people, spitting mm-hmm. up in the air. Everything I do is very thought out. Oh, okay. I've, I've thought okay. everything out. Right, right, right. Meticulously. You thought I'm gonna I'm gonna spit out yeah. during the entrance. Oh yeah, 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 I got you, I got you. Um, even even on on chops, I'll put it, somebody across the uh, the post. I'll reach up, spit in my hand, catch mm-hmm. it in my mouth. Blam! Yeah, it's all thought out. Yeah, um, is it the same with you guys? Or? I have to say, not not as much. I think I'm I'm a I'm I'm a little more spontaneous, but but to a fault almost. Like I wish I, I really think I should plan some of my shit out more. And I and I'll tell you now, like um, 
um, you're a, you're a great influence for this because like I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a, a unique I, mean, I try to always do a unique entrance at bigger shows but I'm gonna have a unique entrance and, and you know spoiler alert pro- possibly a new theme song at uh, OKX and um, you know I've, I'll go out in my garage and I'll blast the music and I'll sit there and practice my entrance I'm like I really want to get more I want to do more in my entrance like I love the way you walk to the ring I, I love your mannerisms I'm like man Wes has a whole thing he has a whole swag and everything when he's doing his entrance i was like i want i need to come up with my own unique you know thing yeah. and whatnot something to to really feel the song like I, why am i changing to this song do i feel this song different do i feel it better and and you know the answer is hopefully yes so i've been doing that a lot lately but as far as like like there are a few things that i always try to get in that i think about ahead of time i'm like man i know i want to hit a bicycle kick and i want to lick my thumb and then i want to wipe it across the tip of my shoe like i love doing that and stuff like that and but um, a lot of my shit comes up on the fly as far as like the, 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 the small mannerisms I make in between movements and yeah. I probably should plan them out more to, to make to make myself more unique but uh, um, a lot of times it's just like on the fly shit sure what about you yeah um, I would say I'm, I'm very much on the fly um, especially like within like talking and promo and stuff I've really I'll have points I want to mm-hmm. hit and I hate to do the whole stereotypical oh I got bullet points yeah, that's yeah. not really how I cut a promo a lot of the times like if I'm cutting them here I'll just turn the camera my way and I'll just talk until it makes sense to me um, usually I get it in the first couple takes I, I get to where I want to be and I'm happy with it um, so I'm very I'm very on the fly when it comes to that I might get you know motivated by a specific you know catchphrase or mm-hmm. you know I watched you know old TNA from like 2002 or something or three or whatever it is four and uh, Christopher Daniels was like oh I'm the, I'm the straw that stirs the drink and I'm yeah, like yeah. oh that's so good I bet people don't even remember that so yeah. I, I might use that um, I'll just be okay I want to get this in somewhere and I'll just talk around it until it makes sense yeah yeah Entrance, entrance wise, I don't really have like any set entrance. I like the idea of looking flashy, so that's like, I, my stuff's more with like gear and whatnot and different jackets and stuff to to set me apart. And in the ring, I'm very much like beginning, middle, end when it comes to putting a match together. I'm not big into, um, you know, planning everything out. So a lot of my stuff is like ad lib. Like John and I showdown match, there was one part where like I had John up against the post, and I was like, "Hey Wes, look at this." And I licked my hand and I smacked the pole. But it's like I never would have planned that. Right. But the fact that I just did that made it so much cooler. Yeah. Same way, like in the crowd, like John and I were doing the deal, and I, you know, Xbox it through the table, and I'm, I'm dragging John by his beard through the crowd, telling people to get the fuck out of the way. And like, if I would have planned that, it wouldn't have came off near as real or sure. or authentic. Um, so yeah, and also like just to, to, to while we have you on here, might as well talk about our match. Um, there was a spot in our match leading up to where you had a blood capsule. Yep. And um, spoiler, you had a blood capsule and. Um, I cut an ad lib promo where I did not plan, and I was just talking, and in my head I was thinking ahead in a promo, and then I, at the end I was like, "How do I close this out?" And I'm live cutting the promo, and I was like, "It just it jumped in my head like Wes has a lip ring," so like I just said, "Okay," and you're just one lip ring shy from beating Alex Royal, and then, you know right. I, I ended the promo. Wes remembered that, brought an extra lip ring to the show, so mm-hmm. he and I did a spot where if, if that match is ever released and the camera gets it, like the fans might not have understood, but the ca- it's working for the camera. Mm-hmm. There's one part where Wes put the lip ring on me, slipped me the capsule, I bit it, so it's like my, my mouth's bleeding from the lip ring, and then you hit your, you know, fucking whatever finisher that is that, yeah. you know, I hit the mat, and then on the, on the way up, this is another one of those ad-lib things, on the way up, I hit my face, popped my head up, and as my head popped up, like clockwork, blood spit just flew out of my mouth, and I just pictured, like, Scott and the camera getting all that, and it just, it felt smooth, it felt good, it was all ad-lib, so. Sure, I think yeah. that, um, 
even even if you're one of those guys um, that that plans every single little thing in the back yeah if you don't leave yourself room for organic moments to happen yeah, 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 for sure. I, I don't think that the match will come off as good as it possibly could for sure totally agree um, that's that's something that Malico and I always yeah. like we always leave room for organic moments. absolutely um, we, we love doing it that's when some of the absolute best shit happens man. sure sure right on how much uh, how much have you guys spent on gear? Like what's the most expensive set of gear you've ever bought? I mean my boxing trunks are the most expensive set of gear I have. I think they were they were a little over three hundred something. Okay. I mean, that was it. That's the most expensive set of gear I've ever purchased. So almost every set of gear I buy is about two hundred and twenty five dollars, including shipping. I um I used to get, you know, less expensive gear. Like I there's like hundred and eighty a set. And then I got to where I started adding like thicker material or extra trim or a third color or inserts on the legs, waistbands, custom logos. Logos that she should never be able to do that I just literally, and, and, and you know, truth be told, which I know Scott Brumley is listening to this and um, you know, we had a little conversation based off the last one, so LOL. But um, Scott's designed me gear before, okay? Mm -hmm. And I've made that gear. But Scott, you know, Scott's a busy guy. You can't always, you know, get get a set custom and you know at least with me like i'm very like i want to i want stuff done now it's like i hate that sounds so shitty and i would never i would never ask scott like hey just because i want this now i want you to drop everything and do that but i have a very i'm very much a one-track mind person so where it's like if there's an obstacle that i want to get done that i know is in within my power to get done i just want to get it done and move out of the way so i don't have to think about it anymore that's the way i am with gear so i've gotten to the point with ava to where i'll send her messages full-on paragraph after paragraph of little minute details mm -hmm. that I want in my gear. Hey, I want sparkly gold lettering in the showcase. And on the outline, I want I want um, plain silver outline. I don't want sparkly silver. I want plain silver outline. Little shit that no one would ever get, but for me, it's just it's all about my presentation. Sure. Or I'll, like, I'll send her like a close-up picture of my boots, and I'm like, I know you don't have this material, but can you do something that matches this gold? Or... You know, and then the more I do that, the more expensive it gets. But um, but yeah, probably the most I've spent is probably two twenty five, two forty. I think this the Thanos set I made ended up costing me close to three hundred, only because she made it and I didn't like it. Right. So I had her take it off and redo it. So she put the stones in there, which I'll I'll release a picture to the what can you offer page so people can know what I'm talking about. But she didn't pay attention to what I said when I said I want the Infinity Stones and these are the colors. And I sent her, I sent her a magazine shot, you know, Infinity War shot, all the shit. And she made it, but she just disregarded the color of the stones and she just whatever loose material she had laying around, yeah, she cut yeah, a circle yeah. and put on right. there. There's like one that was like rhinestone and one that was like paisley and like I looked at it and I was like, I hate to be this guy, but this goes against like, everything I want in this gear. So yeah. she had to like stitch over when, it. When you're and, paying for it, I mean. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And um, so that, that gear ended up costing me quite a bit. But I cut a lot out. Like I had a full-on um, Avengers top made with my name on it and stuff. And it was just taking her so long. I was like, I need this by August. It's my last WFC show. Right. I had to dumb it down to the tights. But, yeah. I remember uh, last year, OKX, I was, I was getting new gear. I was getting yeah. the new jacket, the Rockwell mask, all that stuff. Um, I went through Kim Dilla, who does Killer Custom Rockwear. She does all of Chris Jericho's stuff. She does Bray Wyatt's oh, stuff. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Um, that all of Jericho's new stuff or old yeah, stuff? Both. Um, oh, wow. So I remember that act, just the gear mm -hmm. was $800. Right, right. That was trunks. That's crazy. Knee pad covers, kick pad covers, gauntlets. Yeah. 800 bucks. Yeah. Um, and while it looked exactly how I designed sure, it, sure. 
it was because it was it was all printed on the, the spandex and just sewn in. Right, right, right. So it wasn't exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for texture. Right, um, right, which, right. Which sucks, but she does really, really good work. Of course, yeah, um, yeah. And then the, the jacket from her was, I mean, that's spot on. It's mm -hmm. it's awesome. Yeah, it's dope. Um, the the Rockwell mask was four twenty five. I mm -hmm. remember being like, hey, you know, I, I really want to do business with you. I have yeah. no clue what I would get from you, though. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hold on a second. Give me like, you know, 24 hours. Right. He messaged me that next morning. He's like, what do you think about this? Yeah. And then that's how that mask nice. happened. It was, it, it was just like his mind yeah. that, that, you know. Uh, created that and then um, now it's on all the posters so. right <laughs> and uh, so spoiler alert from from me I will have a new mask I'll have a new jacket new gear all of it uh, for OKX2 nice and I think I dropped about three grand really god on, damn on, yeah. you see I'm and that's that's my thing is like investing in your character is is where it's at and like you know I you know, I, I see all these wrestlers, you know, and like, I'm not going to get into names or anything like that, but I see all these people that have been doing this business for a year, two years, three years, even four or five years, like, you know, and I'm not a vet by any means, but it's like, I see these people that talk like they have been there, done that, you mm -hmm. know, and like all the time. And it's like, I don't want to see you talk in a promo or see you talk in an interview or see you talk on Facebook about shit that you do that sets you apart when there's nothing that's setting you apart like your 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 body's nothing special and i'm mm -hmm. and here i'm not a body guy i'll tell you that right now like i'm not a body guy but you know i'm damn sure more athletic than most people that get out there and do this thing okay so yeah. you know there's there's people out there that can't hang that are, talk like they can hang and that's yeah. what irritates me and like people that talk down in oklahoma wrestling when they're at the bottom of the food chain on oklahoma wrestling you know or have you know cheap academy you know, singlet gear or fucking, you know, I've never bought a custom pair of boots or, sure. you know, a jacket or a mask or fucking put time and effort like John does. It's like, that's the shit that irks me because I learned very early on from John and Tim, fucking customize your shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cust customize your gear. And I, I appreciate big shows, like stuff that you do like that because I'm the same way. It's like, if we're going to have a big show, you better have a new look. Like John's great with like, John turned me on to the whole cosplay side. And although I'm not, I'm not at that level, it's like, at least I know like, hey, I'm gonna wrestle John at, you know, Showdown 10, like I'm gonna fucking make sure that, but if I'm gonna wrestle John at Showdown 10, I'm gonna make sure that, you know, it feels big. And it's not, the fans, will they notice that, you know, I rotated a black pair of tights with silver outline with purple trim, versus my normal black and gold like probably not but i i know that mm -hmm. and it feels big to me so like at showdown i made sure to i, I wore a pair of tights i haven't worn since and i don't know if i'll wear them again i don't really give a fuck you know what yeah, i mean yeah. it's like it felt big for me in the moment i put them on it felt special you know what i mean so so that's the idea so like you you know going all out for an entrance or whatever it's like it contributes to the show because it makes it feel bigger it makes you feel like your match is bigger. You know, that's a, an extra jacket goes a long way. So anyone that's a wrestler that's listening to this, like, invest. I don't give a shit if it's a jean jacket or a fucking green jacket or a human skin jacket, whatever it is. I like, do something that sets you a fucking part because it goes a long way. One of, one of these days, you guys will you'll truly start getting it, and you'll uh, you'll be like me, and you'll just start wrestling in blue jeans. So <laughs> <laughs> your jeans aren't blue. I don't know what to tell you. Black jeans. The those. black jeans. Man, I, I will say, like, aside from the, the obvious, like, WrestleMania entrances, yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing that, like, really got me paying attention to having special entrances, mm -hmm. like, on, on bigger shows was, was you, John. Oh, really? Um, yeah, just, yeah. like, from, from doing the, uh, the, uh, 
Oh shit! Now I'm spacing on the name. I did. I did a Metal Gear Solid entrance. One, yeah. I did a. Yeah, yeah. That was the, that was like the first. Um, the one for the WFC ladder match. And the big boss entrance, right? Yeah, yeah. That was the f yeah. really the first time that I was like, I'm going to do something. Like, I'm going to try something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the first one that I had seen that mm -hmm. I was like, oh, shit. Like, I should probably start thinking about stuff like this. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just, and that's that's what wrestling is for me. It's just like, it's it's uh, it's a transformation. It's, it's kind of me getting to pay homage to the things that I love and whatnot. So, yeah, you know, WFC, I've done... I've done Big Boss in an entrance, and and um, you know I've done uh, Vamp. I did recently against Tommy Dean, and that's a very lesser known character. But fuck, I was just like, you know what? Like, no one's ever gonna dress up like fucking Vamp, and I, I have a lot of the shit that I already need for it here. I'm gonna do that, and you know I did Carnage at OKX, and uh, I have something else planned for if I ever get to have this match with Luke. I have the fucking thing sitting in my garage right now, ready to be put on. And, um, uh, you know, I have something planned for OKX2, you know, so that, that's just one of my things, yeah, that I really like to do is, and then for like, for Showdown 10, I, I did sort of a take on anti-venom and stuff, so, sure. I don't know, just a, yeah, just something that always makes me get into that big, big fight feel a little bit more is uh, dressing up before my entrances and whatnot, big so. Huge. So, you, you mentioned, uh, like having one set for Luke if mm -hmm. you ever have that. Do you have ideas for entrances and be like, I'll reserve it for this person or this match? Uh, not necessarily. Um, it's usually like I have like in my head, I have like the, the characters I'd love to dress up as. And I'm like, where would this fit? Like, where would this fit? And I wouldn't do it like... Like, you know, I knew I wanted to dress up like, like I just said Vamp, and a lot of people don't know who Vamp is, that's okay. But like, I was like, I wanna, I wanna do that entrance. And then I was having a match against a macho at WFC. I was like, I'm not gonna fucking blow that entrance on a match with a macho. So, so I saved it for the match with Sam at BPW, and I, I did it there. So, um, sometimes, maybe, I try to come up with, like, so for me and Alex's feud, um, for whatever reason, a phrase, Fuck, and it completely escapes me right now. I'd have to go back and look at it. It was it was in the it was in the build. No, it wasn't the consequences thing. It was something I, I kept using a phrase, something about um, uh, a gun, and it's all about it's all about how you point the gun or something. I don't remember how, what the exact phrase was, but I, so I was like, I wanted to come up with a cosplay that included a gun, and so I was like, oh, I'm not really like a like fucking who's a comic book character that carries a gun and I'm like I'm not a Punisher guy and I'm not this guy I was like oh you know I like Carnage I like Venom so anti-Venom uh, there's an incarnation of him that has a gun let me do that that's like the rabbit hole of that idea okay. um, I think the one that I have planned for OKX2 is very fitting but um, I can't get I can't break all that down right here sure, right now sure. but I will I'll look forward to doing that in the future but um, I think it's fitting for the time the era that we're in right now and, and uh, whatnot. so um but a lot of times, it's really just me coming up with who I want to do the character, the, the the dress up as, and then applying it to the next big match that I'm having. So, oh, right yeah, on, yeah. right on. See, like um, every, every time we did a big show at MPX, I, mm -hmm. I always like, man, I really want to do a, a bigger mm -hmm. entrance. Mm -hmm. um, I just and, and and a lot of it was like I'd have the idea a week or two out, sure, and then I'd go get all the stuff for it. Yeah, um, one of the ones. Uh, like when I when I worked Hardakis, I had the two guys that had been primarily helping me out mm -hmm. um, to fight off like the, the whole team. Yeah, they came out holding two gigantic mallets. Like yeah, these yeah. these were like if you've ever seen Midsummer, the big hammer that yeah, they used yeah, to bash yeah, yeah. the dudes, it was that size. Right. 
Um, one of them was like painted white, whitewashed, um, very heavenly looking. The other one was dark stained yeah, and yeah. belts and very dark, uh, darker themed. Oh, yeah. um, so they came out uh, with them crossed and as soon as mine came through the curtain, they opened it up um, and, and let me through. Right. Um, that went on to a, a, bigger, a bigger entrance um, with Frankie Fisher where I had two uh, two girls standing on either side, mm -hmm. the, the perfect being, the long yeah. blonde hair, um, faces covered with, with a rhinestone mask, yeah. um, dresses completely soaked in blood. Right, right, right. Um, like, it, it's something, a bigger entrance is something to, like you said, pull out that big match. Feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's something to truly make that event and your match stand out right. that much more. Um, and, and make people remember it. Cause your, day, uh, your entrance at, at Showdown, UWE's Showdown, was uh, um, my, wife's, my wife's favorite part of the whole night. Like, she, she couldn't, she gushed about this. She's like, oh, the, the best thing that happened tonight was Wes's entrance. She recorded it on her phone. She's like, look at that. Did you even see what he did? This is the coolest thing that happened all night long. And I didn't, I didn't even see it live, so I, I watched her video, and I was like, looks like fucking, uh, fucking... Professor Pig from fucking Batman. I was yeah. like, what a gnarly, deep fucking pick that is. Like, <laughs> fucking Professor Pig. Like, very cool, though, man. Very fucking cool. And, man, I went in, like, all... I went all in with that, with the whole, yeah. like, I can fix you thing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And everything. It was very cool, man. Very good deep pool, which I appreciate, for sure. Sure. So, right on, fellas. Well, I think we're winding down here. Um, what else is going on in the world right now we've besides covered, we've for covered the, a lot. the the virus? We've done a good job today. <laughs> I think we have. Without like, the pauses, even with the pause, like we've done. Well, the, like I said, the, the people, over like an hour and a half. The right? people don't know the pauses, so yeah, it's all right. Yeah, we, we acknowledge everything. We acknowledge it. We're yeah, we're. John talked about gay people last week and then black people. Week before. Did I? No, 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 no. <laughs> No, no, Talk no. About it was transgenders, not black people. What? Get it right. <laughs> One of them exists. Or, or, or I guess that's. <laughs> that has been what can you offer, ladies and gentlemen? Wesley, thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. We'll get you on again someday. We'll we'll have some more merry fun. This is third time on. I'll leave it. Uh, alumni at this point. For all the rest of you skin hangers out there, have that's, a good that's evening. That's the name of this episode. Uh, goddamn skin right, it is. With Wesley Crane. Fucking skin hanging. Peace God out. Damn.